for Libya Inc. Atenis. Uh, I'm here uh, with Mr. Libya today to present on the issue of the 17% as appointed by the Commission for Gender Equality. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much for those introductions. We have a a contingent of uh, commissioners uh, who are the um, uh, 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 um, sort of like board members, uh, although we are uh, office bearers uh, within CGE. There's um, about 10 of us uh, currently. Um, some are part-time and some are full-time commissioners. And we have CEO uh, with us. Uh, I'm sure you must have met her, uh, Ms. Jamela Robertson. We have um, the CFO. Um, I'm sure you must have met as well, Mr. Uh, Mushabi Putu. And then we have administrators, and we usually hold these meetings, which uh, we call them plenaries, <coughs> Uh, which are our highest decision-making um, meeting uh, within CGE, and we meet every quarter. So we have now decided to invite you to our meeting so that we can understand how far the process is in terms of, um, you know, the, the you know the matter at hand. So without waste of time, we are not going to introduce, um, you know, all commissioners one by one. And I hope that perhaps one day you will meet us. But I think in the interest of time, uh, I would like to hand over to you just to take us through the process. Thank you very much, uh, colleagues. Over to you. Okay. Thank you very much. We actually are very grateful to being invited in this kind of a sitting and perhaps to enlighten the decision makers of the process that have been taken and the steps that have been followed up to where we are. In view or in preparation of this meeting, we prepared a spreadsheet, which I'm going to ask Ms. Nkuna to share a screen on that spreadsheet just to allow you to see and follow as we continue presenting before you. And as soon as this meeting ends, we will share the spreadsheet with the management of the CGE for purpose of record keeping and, and perhaps even for ease of reference in the future. And I understand that you have a quite lengthy program. We wouldn't want to take much of your time, but just to take you through this process. Ms. Nkuna, you'll indicate as soon as you are ready. And I will mute my microphone as well as just uh, my 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 camera. I was just showing my face so that perhaps you will know the person behind the voice. Uh, Miss Inkuna, I'm not sure if you're ready. Uh, if you're not, perhaps I can try and share my screen. Uh, I'm, it's just a, I'm sharing. It's still downloading. I, I'm not sure if you can see from your screen that it's still downloading. Uh, we live in a very different time zone. Technology has taken over. And in, a, in, a, in, a, in as much as it is making it easy, it can make it difficult at times, especially if you cannot follow. But as you can see from the screen that has been shared, the document in front of you is just prepared specifically to address the issues relating to the 17%. Uh, it has been called 
either pension fund allowance or provident fund allowance. I think it differs as to what exactly it relates to. And it actually detailing everything that has to do with the 17%. Mr. Kuna, you may proceed to continue sharing the. Just by way of introduction, you will note that the CGE has employed different employees as far back as 2002 to 2008. And by way of introduction, the presentation is prepared in a view to pre make a presentation before you with regard to the issue of the 17. Sorry. sorry, Mr. Libya, the screen is not displaying. Maybe you could just assist us by sending it to Berlin who can circulate it so that we can follow you. Okay, uh, okay, I can do that. Uh, Ms. Nkuna, if it's possible, you can just re re send it to the emails that we have in, 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 uh, w by way of co uh, contact with the CGE. I know we have one for Ms., uh, Mr. Putin. Berlin. Sorry? Yeah, maybe she can just type her email in the chat and then she'll quickly distribute it uh, to the commissioners. No, so not a she, problem. So uh, but Chairperson, uh, Deputy Chair, it's reflecting in my screen. Yeah, I can see it um, on my side. In fact, it's reflecting, Deputy Chair, on my screen. Oh, maybe it's just my computer. Maybe can can it be sent to Berlin? Then I can't see anything. It says reload to display presentation. So probably it's just maybe some laptops. I don't know. But I can't see anything. That's why I'm just requesting. But I don't want to stop the discussion. Uh, Berlin has put an email and then she'll just circulate it. You can continue, Mr. Libea. Sorry to uh, intrude like that. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, sorry, before you continue, Mr. Libea, um, yes. if there are other commissioners uh, apart from the deputy chair, if there are other commissioners that are struggling, please shout so that Berlin can send to all of those that uh, are not having the presentation reflected. Berlin, please um, attend to the deputy chair and then Mr. Libya can continue. Thank you very much. Okay. Uh, thank you. And, and to those who can see what has been displayed, uh, you will see that we actually just introduced the subject that we're going to be presenting before you, uh, which in a nutshell is deals specifically with the 17% provident fund or pension fund allowance granted to several of the employees in the middle management of the CGE. Uh, this issue, uh, according to us, it has been a, a thorny issue throughout the process itself, in the sense that there has been some to-win and fro-win between management and the affected employees, dating as far back as 2008. And Again, just by way of continuation, Ms. Nkuna, if you may mute your mic, please. Thank you. Just by way of presentation, in this presentation, we're going to be dealing with this CGE remuneration structure, employees contract of employment, and the employees referred here are the affected eight employees that are under consideration. And we will deal with the 2008 plenary resolution. There is what is called an administrative error 
And as you will see below, we will deal with it in detail. But just by way of introduction, we were advised that the payment of the 17% payment uh, to the employees or affected employees came as a result of an administrative error. And I will request that you note that part because as we continue, you're going to know that this part is part and parcel of the of some of the employees' terms of contract or a term in a contract. And further to that, we will deal with the 2013 plenary resolution and we'll continue with the 2019 plenary resolutions. As you might have noted, we have mentioned about three resolutions that were passed by uh, plenary, which is the highest decision-making body of the CGE. And we will deal with the attitude or the responses that were received from the relevant or affected employees. We will further deal with the labor court declaratory application. The labor court declaratory application, it was an application that we brought on behalf of the CGE to curtail all the disputes in all forums and put them in one basket, meaning that we will give the labor court an opportunity to determine the issue at hand. And one of the reasons that resulted into that was that the affected employees, they took different uh, approach in response to this uh, dispute. Some went to the labor court, some went to the CCMA, some were even threatening to go to civil courts. So then by considering the declaratory application, that was solely to cap the spread of legal costs to different forums, just try and put it in one basket. And further, we will deal with the legal perspective uh, of the dispute, meaning in terms of the law or in terms of the current laws, where do we stand as regards to the dispute? And when I say as to where, where do we stand, I'm referring to the CGE, since we act on behalf of the CGE. And we will deal with the analysis. And further then we will deal, or finally we will deal with the, we will give you the conclusion and what our thoughts and our views are on the dispute. Ms. Nkuna, if you may turn a page, please. Thank you. As you can see that we deal with the CGE remuneration structure in a way that uh, most positions were aligned to the DBSA uh, Act, meaning in as much as the CGE is an independent organization, that the salary structure was aligned to those who are in the public sector. Although there isn't any reference to the DBSA in the CGE's Act, there was a practice that was adopted, as we understand, to align everything to DPSA. The act of the CGE entitles the CGE to make its own policies, adopt its, its own remuneration policies without deferring to any other organization. The employees that are in question, most of them, or if not all of them, they are categorized as 
level level seven, they were on the level seven structure or salary structure, which did not entitle them to any pension or provident fund. They were on a cost to company. The nutty fact of that is that they were supposed to structure their own remuneration structures or pay. Missing Kuna. And by way of a background, we detailed the number of or the names of the employees. The issues that were raised is common, which is the issue of a 17% in all the contracts. Uh, there is one particular clause which is common to all of them, which deals specifically, as you can see, it says pension provident funds. We quoted as it as it appears in those various contracts. It says the employee is entitled to an employer pension allowance equal to 17% of his or her gross salary fixed in terms of the public services scales. In a way, without necessarily referring to any clause in the Public Services Act, this clause adopts the prescripts or the principles laid in the public services uh, structures or uh, prescripts. Simply put, what it says is, as an employee employed in middle management, your salary will be aligned to that of employees in the public sector. And when we go to the public sector and look at what the salary structure is to the level 11 employees, it does not allow an employee to be entitled to a pension fund or provident fund or contributions by the employer, which then raised a dispute within the draft draftsman of the contract as to what exactly are we to benchmark the salaries. Is it going to be on a cost to company basis? or is going to be on the basis of this clause that is part and parcel of the contracts. Relying on this clause in the contract, the employees feel empowered or entitled to the 17% allowance on the basis solely of this clause. One of the reasons that motivated the reason or the decision to approach the labor court was to say, the, labor, the public services does not allow anything over and above what the employer has offered, which then created dispute on its own. The employees hold a view that they are entitled to this as a result of gleaning from their own contract of employment. On the other hand, the CGE is of the view that you are not entitled, you meaning the employees are not entitled to the any allowance over and above the cost to company. That being the case, the employer went further to rely on the cost to company and feel that this payment is paid to these employees in error. 
an error that could only be either clerical or administrative and relying on that certain decisions were taken as it will be discussed under. Uh, Ms. Nkuna. Thank you. As per our introduction, we have indicated that we will deal with the decision or the resolution that was taken by plenary in 2008. We have not had a, an opportunity to see the document itself. The document meaning the resolution. We have requested from management current and previous for this document, it doesn't seem to, they don't seem to find it. The only reliance of this document is only in the minute of one of the plenary uh, uh, sittings, which in that minute, is, which is in, in an unsigned format that says that middle managers to be paid their 17% 17 contrib 17 contribution that they have paid towards Provident Fund as per their contract. And then a mandate was given to HR to regularize employment contracts. This is the only shared of document or information that we could find that suggests that there was a resolution that was taken in 2008. As per the actual document, we have not seen it. And when we inquired from the previous management and the current, they don't seem to find it within the records or archives of the CGE. Except for this, there isn't anything that suggests that there was ever a resolution. And, and we relied on that the minute, although it was not signed, and then we moved further to conclude that there could have been a resolution as we were advised. And then there was an issue of administrative error. By way of introduction, you might have heard me mentioning that uh, we have been told that there is an administrative error. What we understood to be was that in 2008, when the minute or when the supposed, supposed resolution was taken, that on its own was an administrative error, which the resolutions that followed subsequent sought to correct which the labor court application itself is seeking to correct because as i've already indicated there isn't anything that suggests that that resolution was taken in a formal plenary decision or ordinary way of doing business of the cge and then the error again is simply put that of allowing the 17% provident fund. The information we got from the previous management of the, of the CGE without necessarily supporting that decision except for the minute as per the previous slide. And then the problem is that 
at the timing of drafting the contracts, the inclusion of the 17% clause, that on its own was the error. And understanding that the CGE works on a cost to company, one will admit that could have been an error because if it's a cost to company, an employee has got a duty to structure their own finances without necessarily having to without necessarily having the employer to contribute towards any other benefit. That is the one issue that I want us to understand, especially when coming to deal with this error going forward. We have been made to understand that the error was necessarily in the drafting of the contracts, not necessarily that it was an intention of the employer to give the 17%. And you will see that there are mutual destructive clauses in the contract itself because on one hand, the contract says you are on a cost to company. On the other hand, the contract says you are entitled to over and above your cost to company to a provident or pension fund to be contributed by the employer in a percentage of about average of 17%. Uh, Ms. Inkona? And moving over from the 2008 resolution to the administrative error, and then there was a further resolution taken by plenary, which in a nutshell, the plenary took a decision not to include or that subsequent positions to be advertised without the 17% pension or provident fund. The concern that we have about this resolution is that on its own, it creates disparities. The labor law discourages employers to pay same positions differently. Simply put, it says work of same value must be paid equally. When plenary in 2013 took this resolution, they created disparities between employees in the same category, meaning middle management who were hired after 2013 or after this resolutions, resolution, we're now going to be paid differently to those who were hired between 2008. Although nothing much turns on this, the employer went to seek an opinion from other lawyers who then gave an opinion to say, you are now having a situation where you've got disparities between the employees in the same category. And that being the case, it will create a problem going forward. Because in one hand, while we are dealing with the employer employees who have got a benefit of 17%, you're likely to be dealing with employees who says we are entitled to 17%, though you have excluded us. 
You need to level the playing ground. You need to find a ground where everyone in the same employment category get paid similarly. That's where other things have been. And if Ms. Nkuna, you can just turn the page. In the next slide, you will find, uh, although I think it's taking time to, to load from my computer, I'm not sure if this is the same situation with everyone. Ms. Nkona, I'm not sure what's happening now. I've got a printed document in front of me. I can just continue if it is okay. And if you were to rely on the subsequent spreadsheet that will be uh, that will be shared. The next slide deals with the resolution that was taken by plenary in 2019. I will just continue slowly, bearing in mind that you don't have a benefit of, to, of seeing what I'm looking at. But in this slide, we deal specifically with the resolution that was taken by plenary in 2019. And the resolution that was taken in 2019 was to correct that which has been categorized as an administrative error, which was to allow the 17%. We had the benefit of looking at what the resolution looks like. The resolution gives the CEO and management to correct the problem or the the issue of 17% or the administrative error. The problem with this resolution is that it takes a it takes a decision to stop the contribution by the employer towards the pension fund of these employees. And then as it goes further, it gives them to consult with, with whosoever is affected by this, which then becomes the eight employees. The difficulty with this is that it, the decision has already been taken to stop there after consult. Our labor laws discourages such kind of uh, conduct to say, if you are going to consult, you'll have to consult to take a decision not consult with a decision already taken. The resolution has indicated that the plenary has already taken a decision to stop this contribution and thereafter consult, which create a problem because the consultations 
are consultations with a decision already taken. That is one problem with it. The second part to it is that when management was given this decision to consult, we don't have records of the invitations that have been given to the employees to the consultation meetings. As if that was not enough, we do not have minutes of those consultations. What we have is letters that we were shared, which letters on their own, they are not consultation meetings, and which letters on their own, they do not share much into what has happened during the consultations. If ever those consultations took place, that on its own create a very difficult position for the employer to say, if we were to say to any other person we have consulted, where are our minutes recording or minuting those consultations? Where, where are the agendas that indicate or that shows that, or records that shows that there were agendas that were discussed? Did we give these employees opportunities to make representations? But then subsequently, there is a decision that is taken during March and April 2020. Obviously, this decision is informed by the understanding that there have been consultations. It be exhaustive or not exhaustive in the nutshell that the decision was taken in March, April 2020 to stop the contribution. The employees aggrieved by these decisions, they took different responses. They went to different forums. What then follows from here is the responses that have been received per each individual employee. As you may be aware, we have got uh, Tsepo Nosi, who was then appointed in September 2008 with a contract that shows that Mr. Nosi is entitled to the 17% allowance. It doesn't seem like we have got anything coming from Mr. Nosi. Our records does not show that he has taken any steps to challenge this decision. As to whether he will still come and challenge this, we are not privy to that. We have got Mufiki Teleki who whose contract does not entitle him to the allowance of the 17%. We received his contract to show that there are other employees who are not entitled to the 17%. And as you may see from the date of appointment, his date of appointment came after 
the resolution that says there will not be any positions in this category which will be entitled to the 17%, and which perhaps that's the reason why there isn't a clause in his contract that entitles him to the 17%, and which obviously, again, confirms why he will not challenge the employer on the 17%. The difficulty with this part or with this individual is that it does not take away his right to later on challenges on disparity. That regardless of your resolutions, there are employees who are in my category who are then who are then entitled or are benefiting to the 17% allowance, which is why we kept on mentioning the issue of disparities within the same category. Ms. Nkuna, if you may just turn the page. We then have Mr. Siaba as one of the employees. Mr. Siaba was initially on a fixed contract of 24 months. Later on, he then applied for a permanent position on the, in the same position. There is even a worry issue with regard to Mr. Siaba. One of which is he then benefited to the 17% while he was still on the fixed term contract. When he became permanent employee, Mr. Siaba's advertised position and what he then benefited or what was then paid to him is a worry issue. And I will, in a moment, take you through that what is worrying about him. When he applied for a permanent position, the advertised position was at a package of 532,278 per annum. When we got to the time of contracting with Mr. Siaba, then he was appointed at 679,688 per annum, which then varies what was advertised. The difference between the two amounts is 147,410.58, which there isn't any document that supports or, 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 or supports that Mr. Seaba was entitled to the difference of the 147. What we then learned is that when he got appointed on a permanent position, he was never off-boarded or taken off the systems of the CGE, meaning he continued on the previous salary which included the 17%, despite the fact that his current contract did not include the 17%. Meaning from the date of his permanent appointment to, this, to date, Mr. Siaba is, in our view, 
unduly enriched with an amount of 147,000. That will include inflations and, and salary escalations. But his response was to say, my contract does not include the 17%. I am not benefiting to the 17%. But if you are to look at the sequence of events, Mr. Siaba is benefiting to the 17%. He's a beneficiary to the 17%. Over and above, he's getting the extra 147,410 which is not entitled to. He referred a matter to the CCMA. In the CCMA, he's, the CCMA found that he did not have jurisdiction to entertain the unilateral changes of employment terms, which then necessitated that Mr. Siaba should withdraw his application and follow the other channels. It be a civil court, it be him going to the labor court. We have not had anything with regard to the decisions that Mr. Siaba is taking to pursue the the deduction, as he has called it in his papers. Then we'll move over to one, Mr. Javulad Baloi. Who equally is a a, benefic- a beneficiary to the 17%. And we have learned that he has referred a dispute of an unfair labor practice to the CCMA. We have not had or had pri- privilege to know as to what has become of that referral. It be has be it be as it been conciliated. Is still to be conciliated. Is there any referral to arbitration? We have not had anything, and we have kept constant contact with the CGE to advise us as to what positions or what other developments is this case taking. To this very date, we have not had anything. So his response in a nutshell is that he has referred a dispute of unfair labor practice, which the CCMA still can still adjudicate on. And then we then have uh, Mr. Munosi. Mr. Munosi is one of the beneficiaries to the 17%. He is the Deputy Director, Information Technology. He referred a dispute to the CCMA for conciliation. When the matter conciliated and then there was no resolution to the matter after conciliation, he then took a different approach. He went to the Labor Court via a, a, a process called a Statement of Case. The statement of case is just an action in the labor court which details the position of the aggrieved party, which we have already put our case before the labor court. That matter hasn't been resolved. 
is still pending before the Labour Court for a determination. In a nutshell, Mr. Mr. Munosi has referred a dispute or declared a dispute before the Labour Court. We still have to hear from the Labour Court as to what then has become of that matter. Then we have Mortama Vuso, Venat Napo, and Neva Murwebo. I know one of these employees has either retired or is no longer with the CGE for other reasons. It could be Ms. Nkuna, I don't know if you still remember who exactly, but I know for a fact either Malta or Venet Napo. I think I think it's Ms. Venet Napo. Okay, it's uh, Ms. Napo. Yes. Thank you, Ms. Nkuna. What? One of them is no longer in, in the employ of the CGE, but what has become of their dispute or their response to this matter is that they referred a, they initially issued a letter of demand, demanding a certain amount from the CGE. The subsequent conduct of the employees was to refer the matter to the CCMA. The matter was conciliated unsuccessfully. Then the matter then was referred to the, was referred for arbitration. What then becomes different in this matter compared to the other ones is that when the matter served before the arbitrator, two points in limine were raised. Points in limine is just to say points of law that the matter could still be determined on, one of which was the issue of jurisdiction. We contended that the CCMA led jurisdiction to the dispute of unilateral change of contract of employment. The second one was a point relating to what's normally called less pendants. Less pendants, in a nutshell, it means that a similar dispute concerning similar or uh, same employees is pending before another forum. In this case, we were referring to the labor court application that was made on behalf of the CGE to say the CCMA should wait, should pause and reflect because such a dispute is pending before the labor court. Perhaps it's better to wait for the process before the labor court to complete before we can entertain this dispute. Contrary to the submissions made on behalf of the, of the CGE, the commissioner issued a ruling on the 9th, one dismissing both the points in limine and secondly, directing the CCMA to set the matter down for arbitration. The one aspect that I want to bring to your attention is the one issue we learned for the first time relating to the referral of the former CEO of such kind of a dispute before the public protector. We received a ruling or a report that came from public protector from 
the attorneys representing the three employees. In a nutshell, we have learned that one of the former CEOs has referred a dispute or declared a dispute against the CGE at the public protector, contending that she was entitled to the 17%, contending... Uh, I'm not sure if I had a comment. Hello, hello. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm not sure if it's, it's, it's good for me to proceed, but if there is an indication, perhaps I will see the hand being raised and then I will note that. Um, but what... I think you should continue. Um, please continue. I don't okay. see any hand. Okay. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Chair. We have. Uh, there seems to be a concern about. I think it's. Uh, I don't know whether the quality of the audio. Uh, Chairperson, you will direct as to how to continue, and perhaps if there's a comment, you can just raise your hand on the on the system. We should be able to pick up, and maybe I can stop from there. With your permission, Chairperson. Yes, I I am just checking um, the um, the conversation. I I don't see any. I think from where I am, the 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 quality of um, you know the, the recording. In fact, you you're, you're quite audible. Um, we can hear you loud and clear. I will observe if there are any concerns. Oh yes, there's a hand from Commissioner Day. Can we pause and um, and and and, uh, and and ask Commissioner Day to raise an issue? <laughs> Thank you, Chair. I think it's Commissioner O'Hara. I think she might have connected to a different device because she also sounds very far away as well. So maybe um, is it possible for 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 Como to comment quickly and just tell her what the problem? Because I keep <laughs> noting that she says she can't hear. Oh, okay. Thank you, Commissioner Day. Uh, you can put your hand down now. Uh, Commissioner Ngomadiseko. Can you, if if you are able to edit uh, or type a message, um, if you are struggling, please indicate. And or I will give you a call on the side. Um, please continue, uh, Ms. Delibia. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. The issue that I was uh, indicating to the CGE is that we we learned for the first time that there was a dispute of a similar nature that served before the public protector. In particular, it was coming from the former CEO of the organization who then was claiming that she never received a 17% allowance and 
she was claiming other things such as cell phone allowances and such. Basically, she was on suspension, precautionary suspension for reasons that are, are not known to us. But then the CGE in dealing with the public protector went forth to go and defend the position of the 17% to say, we have paid the employees the 17% because their contract of employment entitled them to the 17%. Contrary to that was that the CEO, the CEO's contract of employment did not include the 17%. And the employees here were saying the CGE is not being honest with the, with the, with the CCMA. Because when they sued them, they find that we were entitled to the 17%. When it doesn't suit them, they contend that the 17% was an administrative error. Why then did they mis 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 misrepresent the issues or the facts before the public protector? Why didn't they even state that it was an administrative error? And, and I think that persuaded the arbitrator to say, we have jurisdiction, we have to proceed with the matter. The net effect of this is that the matter will still be set down by the CCMA for adjudication. And that sums up the responses received from the employees, their attitude to the decision taken, if I were to sum it up, the employees are contending that they were, con they were consulted. They are saying the employer has just taken this decision without notifying them, without involving them. That to them is a problem. They feel that they were supposed to have been consulted. They've got a say. It's a, a dispute that of, of, of mutual interest that could not just be taking a decision. And they are saying to the extent that we are contending that we consulted them, they are saying our consultation was a consultation with a decision already taken. We were not consulting them to find a way to take a decision, but we were consulting them. We we're actually notifying them of our decisions. That then sums up their attitude towards the decision itself. In the introduction, or our table of contents shows that we will deal with the Labor Court declaratory applications. As I've already indicated, seeing that the matters were going to different forums, which then became a concern for cost for the CGE to say, if we are to defend ourselves in about eight forums or eight different forums, we're going to spread costs am amongst those forums, which is going to be expensive. We then advise them to say, how about we take one approach to go to one forum, bring everyone under the same umbrella to deal with this dispute once and for all. Then we can stop any other proceedings anywhere else to allow the Labour Court an opportunity to deal with this dispute. We had different consultations, but in the Labour Court application, 
the CGE seeks an order to say the benefit equals to 17% must be declared to be unlawful, void, and of no effect, meaning consistent with the notion of an administrative error, we are approaching the Labour Court to say this benefit was not supposed to be extended to the employees. They, meaning the employees, know that their contract is a cost to company. It doesn't entitle them to anything over and above. And that the decision to withdraw this, this is the second part of the order, it should not be considered to be a breach of the contract. And that the decision itself be declared to be just, equitable, and justifiable. Then we received, again, different answering affidavits from different employees. We received an opposition from Mavuso, Moruebu, Napo, Baloi, Munosi, and Mr. Siaba. Yet again, that which we sought to avoid is still continuing because each one of these people, they are separately represented. Meaning we have received almost about five, if not six, answering affidavits. Each employee stating their positions, each employee stating their reasons and grounds why the CGE should not be allowed to go ahead with the termination of this benefit. Of interest that we wish to bring to your attention is that Mr. Baloy went as far as raising a counter application saying that our decision was not justifiable, our decision should not be condoned, and then our, our, our application should be dismissed. It's safe to say that this application is still pending before the Labour Court. Nothing much has happened in terms of this uh, proceedings. Which then, based on the, the responses received, we have written several memorandums to the CGE. The difficult part to this is that the CEO has in, inherited this problem. She has not been there when this dispute started. Some decisions that uh, have been taken, she was not part to those decisions. She has found herself having to defend a position that she does not have the intimate information as to where it started, what has led to this decision being taken. 
we we then took a, a liberty to set out a background or to her to understand how did we get to where we are some of the things that are indicated in here have been indicated in our previous memorandums importantly we have looked at the recent case laws in terms of uh, these kind of decisions what is the position of the law when coming to issue of consultations what is being termed as a consultation we have in particular looked at the two cases that are mentioned we have underlined them and bolded them in which cases we as the cge are we are found wanting as to what we call and term as a consultation the labor court has and and as indicated as to what then would be classified as a consultation what must an employer do during the consultations we have we have found wanting in all aspects because if we were to look at the consultations that we have undertaken safe to say we have we have consulted we don't have invitations to those employees we don't have the dates under which those consultation took place we don't have minutes of those consultations what then becomes even a worrying issue is that when management was instructed to consult a decision to stop the benefit has already been taken at a plenary sitting that the labor court discourages it says you cannot go to say i'm going coming to consult you but i've already taken a decision i'm going to stop although the decision was taken in paper it has not been implemented it has not been effected because from the date of the resolution there is a period of at least a year in which the employees continued to benefit or to receive this benefit we have been made to understand that that period was the period under which consultations were to take place certain meetings as per the letters received shows that there were certain engagement between the employer and the employees but ultimately a decision to stop was effected on or during april or march april 2020 we on the next slide we continue to deal again is a continued part of the legal as, uh, perspective of the case in a nutshell it just confirms that we did not consult exhaustively we did not give the, the employees an opportunity to make representations during our consultations or at least there is no record of those consultations 
which we cannot even prove the case that we have consulted these employees. And we then resolved to take a decision to stop. What then is the meaning of that? The meaning of this is, as you may continue, Mr. Nkuna, to the analysis, is if we were at all to persist with the decisions that we have taken, continue to go to court, the court is likely to frown to us to say, but you guys say you have consulted. Give us the detailed meetings or records of those meetings. Show us how you have consulted these employees because what they are saying consistently is that we were not consulted. The decision was taken unilaterally. This decision affects on our rights. This decision affects on our livelihood. We will not be able to demonstrate to court when did we consult these employees, how then did we consult them, who was present in the meetings, why are the minutes showing that we have consulted. That then would result in a potential court order against the CGE saying that you did not consult. Your decision was taken unilaterally. Your decision was taken without considering the representations of these individual employees. The net effect, or in a nutshell, what we are saying is that we likely to get a cost order directing us to restore the position of the 17%. Ms. Nkuna, if you may proceed. Our view in light of everything that has happened is this. The CGE should consider two things. One, restore the status quo prior to the decision to stop the contribution. And secondly, invite the employees into consultations. And these consultations should cater for the views of the employees. The employees are represented in different forums. We can engage their representatives to then, one, consider a settlement, each party paying their own costs, two, inviting them into those kind of meetings and consult, wherein then even a third party can sit in those meetings. There is one thorny issue in our views. The issue of Mr. Siaba is a worrying issue. In a moment, we'll show why it's a worrying issue. And then we have already indicated that Mr. Siaba had two different contracts. The difficulty that we have or find is that there's nothing that supports Mr. Siaba to, be, to benefit. One, the 17%. Two, there is that difference of about 147,000 plus inflation 
from date of his permanent position today. That is not justifiable. What we're saying is that Mr. Siaba is unduly enriching himself or is being enriched in an amount of 147. The advertised position does not cater for what was contracted. That, in our own understanding, could have been an administrative error. And it is as a result of the facts, the sequence of events, that we understand why the error occurred. In our views, the error occurred when Mr. Siaba was not taken off as an employee and then be onboarded as a new employee. And that could have been as a result of him having occupied the same position, which was on a fixed-term contract. Our advice is consistent with the opinion that was received from Chani Atenis to say you need to engage with Mr. Seaba in a manner of correcting this position. Because as things stands, I'm not sure when exactly Mr. Siaba's contract was, the permanent contract was entered into. But from that date, Mr. Siaba has been unduly enriched with an amount of 147,410 rent, 57.58 cents, plus inflation, plus escalations. Uh, Ms. Nkuna, if you may turn the page. Oh, that's the last slide, which then we say we thank you for affording us an opportunity. We have prepared this for your consideration. We have prepared this to share our views on the matter itself. I can see Mr. Botha's hand is up. If I may just, I will allow him an opportunity perhaps to come in. In fact, we'll allow questions and answers session after our presentation. But basically, just to highlight the high point of this case, we have captured them in this. There are other opinions that are not part and parcel of this document. We have shared them with the management. This was just to, on a highlight, on a high scale, to demonstrate to the decision makers to say, this is where we are, this is where we find ourselves. If you may just look and reflect a bit into the matter, you likely to consider certain decisions that you may consider after your deliberations. But uh, in a nutshell, we thank you for this opportunity as well. Uh, Chairperson, I'll leave it over to you and then you take us through uh, what then is to follow. Um, uh, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Libia, uh, for the presentation, um, which I think it was quite um, a thorough presentation um, in terms of just taking us back to a historical um, information that uh, was required. Um, how much time do you have? We would like to engage with the report or with the presentation. Do you still have at least 15 to 20 minutes uh, so that we can engage with this report? Uh, actually, we, we have until 12 o'clock. Okay, no, we, we, we don't have the liberty of time from this side because we have plenary that is scheduled 
um, for for the whole day. So uh, perhaps we can just engage for the next 20 minutes um, with commissioners, uh, 20 minutes max. Uh, colleagues, the time now is um, half past nine, 10, I'm sorry. Uh, we can continue up, up until uh, 10 to um, 11 if we can. Um, I we'll, see. We uh, will leave the meeting and then rejoin perhaps at around that time if to allow you an opportunity to look into into this. And Ms. Nkuna, I'm not sure if you have shared this document to to the CGE. I think it will be important for them to look into the document, reflect a bit. There could be a question or two here and there. Then we should be able to answer and then they can deliberate as to what decisions to be taken thereafter. Uh, yes, thank you very much for offering to share the uh, document or the presentation with us. Um, and uh, if you can also just allow that if we can't ask all the questions, clarity seeking questions or share comments with you, we can do that in writing uh, after no, the meeting. Not but a problem. I will, I will allow the hands uh, that are up now. Um, I think uh, the presentation was quite clear that um, the decision of the 2018 sorry, 2008, uh, was a decision uh, that was uh, uh, taken by a plenary and it was um, a, a decision that was not proper. Um, and I think what we are hearing is that um, when the decision to withdraw um, by plenary 2018-19, uh, there was no consultation. So I'm not going to engage a lot uh, with the report. I will allow commissioners uh, to ask clarity-seeking questions or comment. I know that only four commissioners uh, were part of the decision in 2018-19, and um, that is why we have decided that the commissioners that joined in 2019 be given an opportunity uh, to really uh, have this information and know the details of what transpired between 2008 and 2018-19. We have all inherited so I will start with Commissioner Boda, uh, whose hand was up first, and then uh, Commissioner Sipanya Mukhale and Commissioner Moliko. Um, those three hands. Over to you, Ntate uh, Boda. Okay, Commissioner Masbuko's hand was up. Oh, Quite yes. I, okay, thank you very much. I don't see it. Thank you. And then the fourth person will be Commissioner Masibuko. Thank you very much. Over to you, Commissioner Boda. Uh, thank you. Um, Chairperson uh, and that day, the bear. Thank you so much, Lake Kodikia. How really appreciate the report. That uh, bear and your colleague. Mine is just a, a, a one question. I think, um, and you have raised your discomfort from a legal point of view, Kandate Cedric. Um, I just want to uh, to ask one thing. Is uh, in after you have done uh, what you have done, Dade uh, Libya and your colleague, are you? They, they were. You said there were two processes we could follow. One of them is uh, engaging the the colleagues. Um, uh, you know, I I'm, I'm more interested in finding out, um, in particular about Dade Seabe uh, about the 147. And 147, 410. Do we? Uh, what are the 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 legal? Uh, what are the legal uh, 
parameters for us to recoup. And, and I'm, I'm just concerned about if we say engagement, what's the nature of the engagement? Is it to recoup? Because you have said in no uncertain terms that this is uh, illegal for the two contracts. I'm not, I'm not going to waste your time. You have said it uh, quite um, in a very articulative manner that did be there. Now, I want to find out do, do, who do you say to this uh, plenary this morning uh, that I want the, I would advise the CGE in engaging, um, or maybe I want to use the other term, to demand that Mr. Siabe uh, 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 pays back the money as is. And not a, they, whether he would say that there's no need to engagement, you are quite uh, satisfied with the, the legal, um, you know, that he has, no, he has no legal leg to stand on, and CGE stands on firm grounds. That's the, the one worrying part. What's your advice? Secondly, uh, the, the colleagues, uh, Menapo, uh, she's, she's, she has retired, and then there's co- co- our colleagues, um, uh, uh, those that you have mentioned. Now, when we engage with, you said that, uh, and maybe the, uh, again, I'm being unfair to you, when we engage with them, uh, again, that they, is it that we get settlement? Uh, because you are convinced legally that we, we, would, we would have a CGE no leg to stand on. Whether we, we settle with them so that we do not uh, continue with the case for, with litigation, because chances are that we may come out uh, uh, spending more money and losing. So what is your advice? Cut your losses and, um, and move on. That did, uh, that did so I'm asking you uh, those two questions relating to the two individuals once again, thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Mr. Botha. Uh, I think uh, uh, you reason- Sorry, sorry uh, Mr. Uh, Libya, you, you may not re- uh, respond right now um, one by one. I think in the interest of time, I will take all the other three hands and then you can respond um, after all the questions have been asked. So we, are, we will do the first round of the four, four hands and then you will, we will give you an opportunity to respond, and then we will um, uh, check if there are any other more hands. Um, so please note the questions asked by uh, Commissioner Botta, um, and then I will now move to Commissioner Sepanya Mukhale. After Commissioner Sepanya Mukhale, it will be Commissioner Moliko um, um, and Commissioner Mazibuko. Then we will then uh, respond to all the questions asked. Thank you. Over to you, Commissioner Sipanya Mukhale. Okay. Thanks, Chair. Chair, before I get to my question, can I please r- request that we have as much time as possible on this matter? We cannot, you know, reduce one hour, 30 minute discussion to 20 minutes of questions. Uh, 60% of Commissioners here. No, it's actually the other way around, considering that Bota and Mazibuko actually know it. But 40% of commissioners on this platform today don't know anything about this, including the CEO. So 20 minutes is not realistic, Kiyako. Can we just indulge on this matter until we are satisfied? Obviously, taking uh, into consideration that there are time constraints. I don't understand when they have up to 12 o'clock. I know we've got you know, plenary, but we can go up to 12 or something. 
No, it's fine. It's fine, uh, commissioners. I think if we time ourselves, the better yes. as well. So we oh. can allow, we can yes. allow time. Uh, okay. uh, perhaps uh, an hour and another hour uh, to engage. Okay. Uh, an hour or so. Or okay. Less. That's fine. Yeah, I think your request is taken, Commissioner Spanya Mohale. Go ahead. Okay, thanks, Chair. And Tatelibia, thanks for the presentation. I I hear you, and I think to a large extent you're correct. But I just want to to caution us um, about one small thing. The law allows a correction of an error. The law allows the correction of an error immediately. The law allows the correction of an error immediately, especially if it is going to have an adverse, uh, what you call it, on the person who has made the error. This was not a, 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 a what you call it, a, a proper salary. We all agree. They also even agree it was an error. So I'm, I'm worried about us talking about negotiating an error. One of the many errors, in fact, in labor law that are usually commonly made, it's in salaries. People do get double salary from time to time. They do get what they was not due to them, etc. And immediately there is an obligation or the fourth level is the law allows an error. The law allows an error to be corrected. It should be corrected if it's going to cause adverse, but it must be corrected immediately upon identifying that error. So we, in fact, we have delayed. But what I am getting to is I don't want us to discuss an error like we are talking about changing the terms of contract, changing remuneration, or any of those adverse, what you call it, or even changing the content of the job, because you can still change the content of the job so long as you don't change the salary, or sorry, especially in terms of reducing the salary. You can change the terms, especially if you're changing them up. So I'm, I'm worried about us emphasizing on we did not negotiate, we did not consult, because a consultation is a negotiation on a, ma a matter that actually demands of us that as soon as you pick it up, you correct it. Uh, we, we are now dealing with an error almost. It's like, no, it was a right. We all agree it was not a right. In fact, even a salary is not a right. That is why it is paid at the end of the month. It is a right provided you have a performed aspect, according to expectation. That is why it is paid at the end of what is supposed to be okay. For this period, we're expecting you to do this. Yes, it is taken as you have done it. That is why you are being paid. That's why a salary doesn't come first and then you are expected to pay. So it is even a salary is not a, a, a right. It is an entitlement. It is a right provided. It has got a huge provision to it. So I, I just want to caution commissioners. I know when sometimes we hear such things, it is scary. But we need to, to, to actually revisit this 
we cannot negotiate an, uh, an error. When somebody, a student gets paid 14 million instead of 1.4, nobody goes to that student and actually says, can we sit down? So what happened was, yes, there is an error here. Everybody, including the previous CEO, by the way, said, yes, it should not have happened. If the commissioners, the six commissioners that I'm talking about will remember, that that, that was a, a given. It was not argued about. Then what then happened was, as a result of that, it has to be discontinued in line with the four levels that I have mentioned. And we actually have got to go and inform and consult on the pending impact, not 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 as in negotiate, but consult as in it's going to stop. It was never supposed to happen. Even the CEO, in fact, I don't know if you remember Chair Moliko Mazibuku Porter, the CEO was actually at some point tasked to go and raise this to say, this is what is going to happen. It has got to stop. But it does not mean people cannot go and seek legal redress. It, legal redress is fine. We, In a democracy, in a constitution like ours, we should not be scared of legal redress. But yes, we should also not, not, not flagrantly you know, trample on people's rights. But at the end of the day, we need to actually be comfortable to say we cannot negotiate an error. We have, there is a trans guy case, I just forget what it is, um, that also set the tone for this, where Matanzima... Had, had had done something and paid people in, in, irregularly. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry to go into a small detail, Chair. It was during those times when it was Sky, what, what, and there were demarcations. And people were paid, others were not paid, and others were paid double, etc. People withdrew monies from their accounts. And they were taken to court. And the court said, return. Uh, the monies because that was an error. The obligation of an error rests, the owners rest with the person who has committed the error. So we cannot now go and say the onus is on them to agree or not to agree for us to correct the error. That, that's, that's just uh, 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 one of the things that I wanted to, 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 to what you call it. I'm worried about this emphasis of consultation. You consult on the terms and condition, you consult on remuneration, you consult on so many other things, but you do not consult on an error that has been established to be an error. You don't. In fact, labor law does have room for immediate dismissal, but it leaves open room for you to go and seek redress. If I steal money now, here, today, because the trust has actually been compromised, you can actually be dismissed forthwith. So there are those instances where labor law allows. I, I just wanted to, to, to almost like turn around this issue of this consultation to say in terms of labor law, we should have consulted. You don't consult on everything. Yes, consultation does help. The, the attorney is correct. It puts us in a place where we will say, you, we, what you go. But let's take example of what Commissioner Bota has just raised. Now, what are we going to say to Siade? Please, can we, can we sit down and talk about this 147,000 per annum that we have been paying you in 10 months? 
it's in 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 10 years it was 1.4 million so where is our fiduciary duty where is our responsibility to the public purse so all these things have got to be balanced that's i think that's all i'm emphasizing to say let's not worry too much yes consultation is important but where it's where it is an issue of this nature intervention intervention to restore and and ensure that a, a benefit a damage or or adverse risk is minimized trumps consultation and I, I I can bet my bottom dollar on that. So I'm actually saying, let's take our chances. Thanks. Chairperson. Um, uh, thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Mokale. I see Mr. Libia's hand is up, and I'm not too sure whether you want to come in now quickly for um, um, perhaps a comment or, or a response. Um, can I can I allow you before I recognize the other two hands? Uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, perhaps if I'm given an opportunity to come in after every uh, question or comment to clarify the issues, I think it will it will get us moving uh, without leaving things behind. And I wanted to start. Okay, okay. Um, perhaps before you do that, um, let, let's get consensus with commissioners. Um, we will allow Mr. Sibia, sorry, Mr. Libia, to respond to the first two questions asked by Commissioner Boda and Commissioner Sipanya Mohale, um, those comments, which are quite critical. And then after his response, we will then move to Commissioner Moliko and Commissioner uh, um, Mazibuko. Uh, over to you, Mr. Libya. Uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, I just need to first indicate the other issue of availability. We actually are available. The other meeting that we had, we can just move it perhaps even to tomorrow. This is such an important matter to, to the CGE. And I think careful and considered decisions uh, need to be taken and, 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 and need to be taken in a view of having consulted with the attorneys and having looked at our position and looked at what the law provides for. I will start, I would like to start with the, I found it to be a remarks and, and I really appreciate from Commissioner Mohale and appreciation of the law is really, really recognized and it's, it's important. And I wanted to just mention one or two things. Uh, the comments and remarks made by Commissioner Mohale are correct to say if there is an error, that error needs to be consulted or need to be corrected, sorry. And in our case, we all agree there is an error and this error needs to be corrected. The consultation in this regard refers to consultation in a view to correct an error and not to say we have to piggyback our, our position. Our position is firm. Our position is that you are not entitled to the amount that you are getting. The difficulty, again, is it's one. The issue that there are resolutions that were taken 
particularly the 2008 one, although we don't have record of it, there is information that shows that there was a resolution that resulted in these payments having been made. That gives them a bit of a leg to stand on. And the other issue is the issue with regard to the clause in their contract of employment that says you are entitled to. In correcting that error, we need to be cognizant of that the resolution. We need to be cognizant of the term in the, in the agreement, which then may necessitate us having to change their current contract of employment to exclude that provision. The consultation part is just to deal with this and have a smooth transition in dealing with it. One more other thing that I think is important for you to note. To the extent that this is an error, in law you are entitled to recoup any other money you've paid to any other person, including the affected employees. Meaning, to the extent that the law allows you and recognizes that that was an administrative error, you've got a right to recoup that money. Uh, I'm not sure if I had someone. Um, yes, there was a background voice, but uh, um, yes, please continue. Yes. I, yes, please Thank continue. You. Thank you very much. So we say to the extent that we have got a right, you, it's up to you whether you want to recoup or you want to just let it be and you walk away from the situation. The 17% issue you need to stop because that was never the intention of the employer to grant the 17% allowance. To the extent that there's an error, we need to correct that error as soon as we, we, we are aware of it. The consultation part that we're emphasizing was just to say, before we took the decision, these employees were not consulted. Consultation takes a form of just sitting down to say, this was an error and we are correcting that error. And then we take a decision after. We can support our decision by saying we have consulted them and all of that. The one other issue that came up was to say if economically it's not sustainable, you can even relook at the situation again, one of the grounds for consultations. Another thing it might be to say we need to set aside the plenary resolution of 2008. For as long as it's not set aside, it might be binding on plenary itself to say you cannot be taking decisions that are to win and fro in, mutually destructive of each other. To then move on, move on with a decision that you correct, the, the, you redress the past and then move on then to a new chapter of making decisions that then can, you can support them going forward. That was just to address the concerns and remarks raised by Commissioner Mohali, which we really appreciate. They, indeed, when, once there's an error, it must be corrected. Then to move on to Commissioner Botha's two issues, one of which being that of Mr. Siaba of 147, that in our views, it's an undue enrichment, that the law allows you to recoup the money fully because clearly the advertisement did not give him that when he applied for the job 
he knew what he was going to get. And he applied for it regardless. That we can deal with, with him separate from the rest to recover that amount of money. And then there was an issue with regard to the position. I think in answering this, I will be touching, touching on what Commissioner Moales already addressed in the, to, to the meeting to say, we're not going to catch your losses by just saying, no, 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 it's a loss. No, 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 it can't be. It cannot just be that so much money is just being left in the hands of employees. As Commissioner Moale has already intimated to say, one of the common errors you find in the employment sector, it's where there's an overpayment and underpayment between the employer and the employee. This is not a different issue to that. But you always go back, you always have the right to redress whatever error it is. We're saying there is a way to do this. We can still correct this, this error that has taken place. But in doing so, we need to be careful of our own decisions that have been taken. The decisions that are taken by previous plenary, I believe they are binding on this current plenary, which I think plenary operates as a board of directors who then takes decisions. But if there's a resolution that has been taken and is contrary to the direction the organization is taking, that, decision, that resolution needs to be corrected. It can be set aside. Because if we don't set aside that resolution, they may rely on it, which will be found to be binding on us. So in a nutshell, uh, Mr. Seaba's situation with regard to the extra additional amounts is a situation that can be corrected. It needs to be corrected. The amounts that have been disbursed towards him unduly need to, to, to be recovered. One of which you can consult him. If he agrees, then you can start making the deductions. If he doesn't agree, then that's where then you have to take, obtain a court order, which would be in line with Section 77 of the Basic Conditions Act, say, to say, uh, if an employee owes you, the only way you can do that is either by way of agreement or in terms of a court order. So the consultation to Mr. Siaba will be solely to try and see if he can get an agreement which will save cost going to court. But if he doesn't agree, that's where then the court order will you need to obtain a court order in correcting that portion. And then with regard to the other employees as well, if eventually the decision from plenary after you've considered your position is going to be, we need to recoup the amount of money that we've been paying in error. Again, that is one process that you need to engage to say, we are consulting you on the basis that we want to see if we can reach an agreement for you to start paying us back First would be to say the amount you are receiving, you are not entitled to it. But for us to do so, we need to rescind their current agreements with regard to the clause that entitles them to the 
that's I think that's where the gist of complaints are coming from from these individual employees. They say, "Your our contract entitles us to this. You cannot just take it uh, take it away without talking to us." So, Commissioner Mwale, the consultation will be around the current contracts together with the clause of entitling them to the 17 percent i'm not sure if commissioner botha you are answered with regard to the 147 together with the subsequent handling of the other employees chairperson that will be my comments for now insofar as the two questions and remarks being made by the two commissioners sorry chairperson just to follow up commissioner but is that a follow-up question oh no just to uh, a follow-up question and to answer that the uh the beer to say thank you that i i you have answered my question and that the one thing that this beer which is follow-up linked to it you say that you can't find the 2008 resolution that am i right am i correct if that be the case how then do we um talk about it when in fact uh, there is no evidence of its existence that Libya. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Commissioner. We we have requested from current and previous management to locate such a document. The, the closest they've got was to find minutes in their unsigned format that supports or suggests that there was a resolution. And consistent with that suggestion of an existence of a resolution, certain decisions were taken. For example, the payments of those, those these affected employees retrospectively was then implemented. So I wouldn't imagine a situation where uh, middle management will take a decision to pay back without plenary having taking a decision because then that would be uh, a, a sheer failure to follow leadership or instructions from management or being, 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 being plenary. So to the extent that there were decisions that are consistent with that portion in the minute, we, we were then convinced that there could have been a decision taken by plenary. But the documents that we have, the documents that we have been requesting, we have not received a document that looks like a resolution of 2008, except for the minute. So insofar as that is concerned, uh, Commissioner Both, unfortunately, we don't have anything that is conclusive to support that, indeed, the, this resolution looked like this and it was signed, except for the minutes. Chairperson, that will be my comment insofar as the co- follow-up question from Commissioner Botha. Thank you. Thank you very much, um, Mr. Libia. We can now move to Commissioner Moliko. Uh, to ask a question, and then after Commissioner Maliko, it will be Commissioner Mazbuko. Over to you, DC. Thanks, Chair. Um, thanks, Mr. Libia, for the um, insights. I think what I've picked up 
from the presentation and the preliminary question that you've answered. We came at CGE with this problem being raised to us. Uh, for an example, the commissioners that arrived 2017, 2018 post, uh, this problem was uh, emanating from historical issues. And what we found was that there seemed to be, um, it kept coming up in the meetings, but there was a reluctance to finalize, so to speak, and take a decision on what to do. Uh, in that meeting where you refer to the decision taken, where you have only got the resolution for that meeting, the issue was how do we correct an error? Because what was clear from the reports that were emanating that time from the uh, management and the commissioners was that this was an error. This is our understanding that this was an error and it was normalized, so to speak. And so the question was, do we regularize an abnormality simply because it has been ignored? And I think for, for me, that is one of the questions that I, I, I'm asking myself in the process of recourse is that what appears evident is uh, one, that there seemed to have been an irregularity. Why I say it's an irregularity is that even the people that benefited, it's handpicked, so to speak. It's not a standardized across all uh, staff at that level. It seemed to be handpicked and as and when they are picked at different times, there's no standardization, so to speak. But also, it kept arising to say, how will this be rectified? And I think where we have seen some gaps is on the process. Uh, the process which is now administratively led, the process that you have raised to say that the consultations weren't, there's no evidence. We don't know why the former CEO would not have kept a record of the meetings, because you can, you've raised the issue that the resolution said consult. Why now, in the record of evidence or the document keeping, there's no record of the consultation that took place with the members or uh, the consultation of what the members responded to say uh, to, the, to the consultation, or even if that consultation took place. We, we don't keep, we wouldn't have kept the record of that because... Uh, administratively, that is being done administratively. However, procedurally, you're saying that there seemed to be a gap, primarily on that leg. So I think my question is to say then, in light of the fact that there's an error that, that we're saying, do we regularize this uh, based on your recommendation? First, you say that no, this is going to be difficult to come out of because of the process, that the process that was followed wasn't correct because one of the fundamental issues is this issue of consultation. That didn't happen. But the second is the contractual argument that is being, is being used. So the question that I have is, is there, because the process was not followed, does that regularize or make the irregular payments regular, so to speak? particularly when there's no resolution and uh, you can see that this is not standardized across the organization. There's no policy that actually standardizes this. Isn't it confirming that there was some kind of administrative error? I think further to that, this public protector, the report that you raise is quite interesting that there was a, re 
a, a, an appeal by the CEO. I'm not sure which the CEO was that wanted to be backdated and also paid the 17%. What was the outcome of that? I'm not. It's the first time I'm hearing that the, the, the public protector actually dealt with this matter. Did the public protector then say that the CGE, because other employees are getting this, the CEO, despite what is in the contract, uh, the CGE must then pay? Because it will be important to hear, based on uh, the submission that CGE made as an institution that time, what was the outcome uh, from the public protector as 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 an looking at the administrative path uh, that was taken. And I'd also be interested to know, that submission made, was it the administrative or the commission input? Uh, I don't know if you'll even have this information because we ourselves weren't provided that information, um, that there was a CGE process that went to public protect. But I think it would be very useful to to hear what was the outcome of that. Did that uh, outcome regularize and say, because of what has happened, you have to continue and therefore not stop with the payments? Um, because contractually, these contracts of the employees are saying so, but also the CEO must now also be included in the batch because uh, they are requesting this appeal, um, despite what the contract of the then CEO had said. I'd just be interested to know if you had, if you have uh, privy to that information, because it will be important for us. I think the one thing is that there's nothing we can do back. We can't fix what was done historically. I think. As the plenary, we have to accept that there's no record of consultation. And uh, because of that, it weakens this case. But further to that, internally, if we do try to resolve this, now I'm going to the solution that you have posed to us. For me, one of the things maybe to consider is this issue of the recourse and how to deal this fairly. Because what we understood was this was that this was an error. Uh, and, and because it was never fixed, my concern was it was allowed to do to, to, to continue for probably too long, as Commissioner Mukhale has said. And the failure for there to be a resolution, as Commissioner Bote said, is also for me questionable as to say, what was the basis? Uh, do we just assume, because some individuals got the benefit and others were not, do we just assume that it concerns me that it was it was applied in some instances and not all. If it was a plenary resolution, why was that plenary resolution not applied equally, so to speak, in the organization for all employees at that level? If you are finding that it's not consistently applied, I have a concern around that so, as to what is what is it that makes a resolution to be applied inconsistently in the organization? Does that not point to that there may be some issues in the very fact that there may not have even been a resolution, but I don't know because uh, at that time in the meeting, there may be a resolution that comes up and then we find ourselves in a problem. But to date, you say there is no resolution. Going to the recourse, you, you make a recommendation to say, one, set aside plenary resolution uh, of 2008, rescind it, all right? Two, you are able to consult uh even if we agree this is an error, let's say that this we agree that this is an error. We don't move from that. That was decided 2019. But we say we're trying to have a way forward where we can settle this out of court so that we can have a unitary or conciliatory approach, even though we can see that quite clearly six of the seven staff members have all individually taken lawyers or jointly. So it's it's about settling for the best interest of the organization. 
The basis of that not necessarily being that we agree this was not an error. The basis being we are trying to resolve this so the organization can move forward. And one of the key things you've mentioned is that is this economically viable? Is this something that CGE can afford? But also the basis of our consultation be to say, how can we rectify this going forward for the seven? Seven that maybe have a contractual, uh, you say there's a contractual uh, issue in the contract, but this is not necessarily in the policies. This is not necessarily in the internal document. And, And also my concern is, what about the other staff who are at the same level who are not reaping the same benefit? And I think we have to carefully uh, manage that if we are settling. But I'm almost, I'm almost inclined to say that may not yield any fruitful result in that consideration you've laid, all the court order application by the employees, all the CCMA application and the arbitrations that have taken place. And employees are fighting this uh, uh, agreement. Clearly there was an error, but I don't know how we can settle on this without, as an organization, backtracking on that this was an error. Uh, my, My concern is, administratively, we've got to make sure that we're consistent in the application of whatever CGE policy is being applied for the levels. We're also consistent in the application of the uh, redress or the recourse. Some of the staff I know have left that are that are still um, facing this. So there are grievances that staff have had. They may have just left uh, two of them. I think Vernet and if I'm, I could be corrected here by the CEO. And I think Mufitli has left us though. Um, and he, he was one of the 17%. But I do believe that how we deal with this. So it would probably leave about five staff members if you're eliminating the Mr. Siaba's case because there's no contractual obligation. The two staff members that have left, that would then leave us with the five staff members who are remaining, who need to be uh, negotiated with. But I think the basis of that negotiation, if we do go that route, need to be uh, clearly laid out that there was an error uh, CGE set aside that decision of 2008, which was erroneous, but I'd be interested to know what is the best process to not backtrack on our own decision, because my understanding is there's nothing that's saying to me that this was not an error to this point. I still understand that this was an error. However, uh, procedurally, we may have failed um, to follow the correct process as according to the, to the, 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 the law where consultation is concerned. However, that doesn't negate the error. Uh, so I just want to, to hear you on that one, if you could uh, indulge me. Thank you. Uh, with your permission, Chairperson, can I attend to this one? I think it is just quite uh, eloquent, quite uh, uh, intensive, and it's quite detailed. Yes, please go ahead. And I've noted uh, new hands as well. Please go ahead and respond. Okay. Uh, Commissioner Maloko, thank you very much for uh, these invaluable comments. And, 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 uh, and I appreciate the fact that you, you, you followed up the background up to where then you have questions with regard to what has transpired. In a nutshell, you are simply asking where to from here if I understand it correctly, because you acknowledge what has happened, you acknowledge the decisions that have been taken, you acknowledge the processes that we 
we we have taken, I think, which are now questionable in terms of where to, how where we're supposed to even be in the position that we are in. If we had to look carefully, I don't think we would have been in the same position we have been in had the resolution of 2019 being executed following the prescripts of the law. Again, the consultation will be to say, we as the CGE have come to acknowledge that there was an error when coming to conclusion of certain contracts. And I've realized that you are cognizant of the fact that there are certain employees that benefited, there are certain employees that are not benefited. And although it is not clear how, what was the criteria used to benefit some and not benefit some, the resolution of 2013 is the one that comes close to shedding a light to say contracts that are to be advertised or employment or job opportunities that are to be advertised have to be advertised without the inclusion of the 17%. I think that is the first time when CGE took a step to recognize that there's been a mistake, there's been an error. From now going forward, we are not going to include that, that benefit. What the decision of 2013 doesn't do, it doesn't speak retrospectively only speaks from that day going forward, which then leaves the historical issues to remain the way they are. We have got five employees, if you were to, like, as you have summed it up, who then benefited as a result of the supposed resolution of 2008. What then do we do with these other employees? And are we going to claim back the amount of money paid to date, which the, laws, the law agrees to say if it was an error, you've got a right to claim back. But then if you have to claim back, then you have to claim back from everyone else who benefited from the administrative error, which then it will include current and previous employees who benefited. My understanding was that the 2019 resolution did not seek to retrospectively recoup the money. It said, stop and do not recoup. If we are then to proceed on the basis of that resolution, which then will seek to say, we're going to be stopping this benefit, to your benefit, we don't have intentions of recouping what we have paid to you, which to me, that is a huge uh, compromise from management to say, I think one of the letters that we received, it shows up that the contribution is about 10,000 a month for or to one individual employee. If then you were to say we will use the 10,000 per month, not recouping the 10,000, 
as an incentive to get these individuals to come and agree to us altering their terms of employment. Which, if you are to be successful, the court will say, recoup the money. Which then, rightfully, CGE will be entitled to recoup the money from it be current or former employees. The way forward that perhaps we can consider would be to say, we have recognized that there's an error. We want to correct an error. As an incentive, we will not be recouping. Because if we go to court to declare all these previous resolutions to declare particularly the clause in the contract to say you are entitled to 17%. And if the court is to agree with us, we will then be entitled to recover the money, including from current and even the previous employees. As a way forward, the suggestion will be let's try and Get consensus. It's a lot of money if you have to look at it. If you have been employed for more than 10 years at 10,000 extra, you are looking at about 120 per annum. 10 years, then it will make it 1.2. And if you were to say we are going to be recouping the 1.2, I don't think many people will be left in a financially viable position in terms of these employees, because it might even take the whole amount from their pension fund. That might get us to a point where the error is corrected. Unless if the intention is not to continue with the not recouping stance. My understanding is that our instructions were to stop, but not to continue recouping the the amount of money. And if we were to ever agree and reach into, get into uh, discussions with these employees, you can amend that portion, give them a new contract of employment that do not include the 17%. That then will resolve the whole issue if we ever gonna get to that agreement. But if the employees uh, to say, Continue with what you want to do, but just let us have that money restored or paid back to us. The issue then is going to be, you asked one important question. Does the failure to follow process regularize the error? Does it mean then, my understanding is that, does it mean that from now going forward, we have forfeited our rights. We cannot do anything. In my view, that does not mean that. I'll give you an example, perhaps to answer that portion. You may fire an employee or dismiss an employee without following a process. It doesn't mean that you do not have grounds to dismiss the employee. It's just that in you arriving at the decision, you do not follow this process of notifying the employee and disciplining them properly. Most cases, you will be faulted for not following the process. You may not necessarily be faulted for a substance 
in this case, if at all we will be faulted, we may not be faulted for our reasons to stop. We may be faulted for not having followed the process. The question that I, I have, and I've had this question since day one, is what is uh, what, what are our reasons to stop this, except just to say in administrative error, because that term on its own, it can be attached to many other meanings. Is this administrative error in terms of drafting the contracts? Is this administrative error in terms of us sending out advertisement for the positions? Which to this very day, we have not seen the advertisement of the positions of these other five employees. The only one we have seen is that of Mr. Siaba. And hence, we can advise properly in view of what has transpired with regard to him. So if we were to say it's an administrative error, what exactly are we talking about? What is this error? What is this administrative error? Where do we have the error? Is it at the drafting of the contracts, as I've initially mentioned? Is it at the advertisement of the positions? Is it at capturing the, the, the benefits of the employees within our systems? It doesn't seem to, to be clear to us as to where the error is. And to take it further, the law allows an employer who then is faced with an untenable economic situation to restructure. You can consult on the basis of restructuring, meaning an employee, if he's not going to try and find ways to help the employer, they may find themselves being retrenched. You can retrench them, rehire them on new terms for economic reasons, obviously. So, Commissioner Maleko, in a nutshell, I don't, unless I'm missing something that you could have raised, the one other issue was to rescind the plenary resolutions. That is one other process that the court will allow us to follow and rescind those plenary resolutions that are not consistent with the spirit and policies of the organization. Particularly, the 2008 resolution, it doesn't seem to take cognizance of the organization's uh, interest because I don't know what else could have been articulated in that resolution except that portion. And it doesn't seem to show the grounds upon which that decision was reached. So, Commissioner Maliko, that should be my responses, unless I'm missing something that you've raised. Chair, through you, if I can just uh, ask Mr. Uh, Libya on the issue of the public protector. Uh, oh, yes. Yes. Uh, that one is you've left it out. I think on the others you've covered me. Yeah. What? Who made that submission, if you have? Was it the CEO who made the submission on behalf of CGE? Because it appears this management may have had a different position to the 
commission view based on the very resolution of 2013. And I'm not sure the timing of that public protector submission as well, if it collates. It may be that the submission to the public protector was a commission, i.e. commissioners had endorsed that input, or was it purely a managerial response? But also, what was the outcome, if you are aware, uh, of that? Did it regularize this? And I'm, I'm, I'm concerned there because it still didn't get implemented across all the levels, eleven uh, in the organization. It would seem that it's still sporadic. There's no quite, It's not clear how, how this thing is implemented and how these individuals are picked. It seems they are handpicked somehow. And then they are they are the ones who are the beneficiaries, but everyone else is not included. So if you could just maybe educate me on that one. Otherwise, thank you for the the other responses. It, it definitely helped uh, formulating a response on this. Thank you. Uh, uh, thank you very much, Commissioner Miliko. I'm so sorry I noted this down to say the the commission the, the public protector the public protector uh, reports. It came as a result of one of the CEOs. I'm not sure which CEO. Uh, Ms. Nkona, if you may just come in to assist me, you might have seen uh, uh, slides and and, and synopsis of the public protector's report. Uh, Yes. um, Actually, the previous CEO who referred the matter to the public protector was Ms. Chana Pilani Majega. uh, Excuse me for the pronunciation. I'm not sure, but it's Chana Pilani Majake, and it was done by the public protector in 2014. So, um, uh, upon doing the the report, the public protector seems to have consulted the former CEO, Ms. Kikezo Mahima, and Mr. Mushabi Putu, and it was um, from the documents that were provided to the um, public protector, in terms of this report, it shows that they were given uh, CGE payroll records, which shows that uh, middle managers were uh, receiving the 17%. Uh, in a nutshell, um, uh, Commissioner Muleko, wh- what what then uh, happened was that uh, uh, the pharmacy or referred a dispute with with the public protector and in defending the position of the 17% to middle managers, the commission indicated that only the middle managers were entitled to the benefit, not people above that uh, range of position. Meaning to say the reasons why the CEO did not participate or partake in the benefit was that she was a a level above the, the coverage of employees. The other information will be as 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 per my colleague uh, uh, has indicated as to when and who did this re- re- refer to. And again, the one other issue is that the CGE was just brought before the public protector, so they were there responding to the to the complaint. But in responding to that complaint, the position adopted was to say the middle managers were entitled to this benefit in terms of their contracts. Which is consistent to what the employees themselves are contending to say, in terms of our contract, we are entitled to this benefit. 
Uh, I don't know if that answers you, Commissioner Moleko. Um, thank you. Thank you. I'm answered. Thank do you, want, you. Do you want to come back, DC, or you you responded to? I'm I'm cognizant of the response. I'm looking at the 2013 resolution that it says there. If you will allow me, Chair, it says plenary took a decision that subsequent vacancies would be advertised without the 17 percent. So if Mr. Libya explained to me it, if if CGE management or CGE, let me rather say CGE, let me not say management, let me say CGE, in the public protector is saying that this is the position, but the plenary resolution you referred us to on your slide seven is saying that uh, there's a decision that vacancies would be without the 17%. There is a confusion there for me because there's a conflict here of information. It seems, that's why I'm saying that the there doesn't appear consistency here, uh, but it does appear that something was put to the public protector that I don't know what the outcome was then there, but does the public protector submission tie us to if what was said there is different from the plenary resolution, even though you can't find it, but the Re revolution of 2013 is saying that this must be advertised without that allowance of 17% because of the disparities and the labor unrest that it would create and so forth. This is slide seven. So just answer me there, then, I, I, I'm, then I'm covered then. Does it tie us to that public protector submission if that is made as a, an extra by the employees? Because I think that's very key. If we're not tied to that, uh, because the plenary resolution, even though it can't be found, is stating that I'm not sure where you're getting it from, is stating that there should be no position advertised with 17%. Uh Thank you very much, Commissioner Maliko. Maybe I just need to clarify something before uh, we, we proceed. Uh, I, I seem to see where you find uh, conflicting information. The process, we, even though we're not uh, privy to before the public protector, uh, it seems that we, in defense of our case, against the former CEO that has been mentioned. We then said and represented the public protector to say the employees that are benefiting from the 17%, they are benefiting because their contract entitles them to the 17%. And that being the case, this will relate to the employees that benefited. That will be the eight employees that were employed prior to the 2013 resolution. Although the dispute took place after the 2013 resolution, it was still referring to the employees that were benefiting as a result of their date of employment being that of before 2013. As at the time, it was the person who was referring the dispute was one person being the CEO, not with the other employees. In fact, that result, that decision from the from the public protector, it has got no bearing because in the first place, the public protector does not adjudicate on employment issues. The one simple issue there will have been an issue of jurisdiction. 
to say we should stop forum, sh forum shopping, let us go to the CCMA or to the Labour Court. There was no need even for the CGE to even appear before the, the public protector. That is one of the things that I've observed in terms of that uh, uh, finding. Whether it will have said, it will have, it will have concluded or found that we were wrong in not paying the CEO the amount that she was claiming, I don't think that finding will be binding on the part of the C CGE because it will have been taken by a forum that does not have jurisdiction to determine such kind of issues. So in a nutshell, that finding, except that it shows our position as the CGE, any other information there, I don't think it's of interest or of any consequence to the, C to the CGE. Thank you, I'm covered. Thank you, Sorry. Mr. Libby. Sorry, Mr. Libya, can I can I just quickly make a, a follow up on 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 what Commissioner Muliko has has been asking? Yes. Um, because I think the the, the confusion uh, here is with the 2013-2014 uh, decision and the public protector. So I just want to make a follow up on that, and and I think it's an observation and a comment that the, 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 the whole issue about the public protector's report seemingly says that the same CGE who said that uh, to the issue of uh, the former CEO, Kana Majake Pilane, said that uh, you are not entitled, uh, you are above the middle management when she applied for the 17% herself. So the public protector's report came back and said, no, um, you are not entitled to the 17% because you are above the middle management. So you are not entitled, but the middle management is entitled. So I think now the, the, the confusion is where now uh, in the decisions, uh, recent decisions um, are actually saying even the middle management is not entitled. So I, I just want to be clarified in terms of which 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 report then do we go with in terms of who is entitled and who is not entitled in terms of making decisions and moving forward. Uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. If I may come in. Yes, please. And and thank you very much for that observation because you 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 seem to see what transpired before the 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 public protector. And to come to your question to say who then is entitled and who then is not entitled, to answer that question is quite simple. Our observation and then consistent with what we have been saying and then uh, bearing in mind what uh, Commissioner Mohale has indicated to say, and even Commissioner Moleko, I think she touched base on it to say, it, what seems to be clear is that there is an administrative error. In our view, the administrative error seems to have come at the contracting stages where and we say you are 
on a cost to company. And at the same time, we say you are entitled to 17% uh, uh, provident fund. These two clauses cannot coexist in one contract of employment. You are either on a cost to company or you then are entitled to a benefit. The cost to company says come and restructure your benefits the way you see them fit. Whereas the other one says we have got an obligation to contribute towards your your benefits, be one of which being that of pension or provident fund. To this very end, we summed up to be where the problem is, to say the problem seems to be in the contracting, in the wedding of the contracts. And relying on the wedding of the contracts, the employees then feel that they are entitled because that term of the contract is has been articulated in their, in their contract of employment. As to who then is entitled, it appears that none of these employees are entitled to their benefit. And, and that's where the error or the source of the error is to say, we have been paying you in error we're not supposed to pay. And that's where the, the resolution of 2019 sought to correct. It seems that plenary in 2019 recognized that there is something wrong. Yes. There is an error in the manner in which we are remunerating our employees, particularly that category of middle management. And in a way or view of correcting this, we are empowering management with this resolution to attend to the necessary consultations to correct this error. It doesn't seem that the passing of the resolution itself was an error. Perhaps what was then supposed to have contained in the in the resolution was to say, go investigate into the matter and consult whosoever you need to consult and revert back to us so that we can then be informed in us taking a decision. Not necessarily the resolution shouldn't have said stop. It's just the wedding part of it. But then it does not negate the fact that there was cognizance of an error there was cognizance of, of some irregularities. And I'll echo the words of uh, Commissioner Moleko to say there seems to have been irregularities in the manner in which we have carried this process. But in a way or in a view of correcting all these irregularities, what then do we do? We just need to consult these people, tell them that this is an error. This is what the position of the manager, manager, management is. And if we reach a deadlock, where, where then do we go? For example, we hold on to the position that we need to stop the 17%. They then hold on to the position to say, 
we not agreeing to that. That will lead to restructuring of the positions or of the organization. That's what, in a nutshell, the, 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 the process should have followed. If they then say, no, we agree, then it's a simple process. We enter into new uh, agreements. We draft a new contract of employment, which then are consistent with the intention of the employer. Uh, Chairperson, I'm not sure if, if, if I've, I've addressed uh, your concerns in, in, with regard to follow-up questions on, on Commissioner Moleko's uh, uh, remarks. Yes, no, uh, definitely I am responded to. Thank you very much, Mr. Dibia. Uh, we will then go to um, Commissioner Mazibuko, and I saw two more hands. I think it was Commissioner Day. Um, I can't remember the other hand, whether it was Commissioner Boda. But Commissioner Mazibuko, please go ahead, uh, Commissioner. Thank you very much, Chairperson. And thank you very much, Ntatebuna. Uh, I, Commissioner Mazibuko. Can you hear me, Chair? Yes, now we can hear you. Thank you. Yeah, thank Over you very you, much, man. Chair, for the uh, uh, position. And Tatelibia and Menkuna, thank you very much for the report. I must uh, declare that I'm one of the commissioners that were available during this tenure. I joined the commission in 2014 and rejoined it again in 2018. 19. But what I think I think we should look into, and I have been covered by the three commissioners, Botha, uh, Mohale, and Moleko. But I would like to give a suggestion that we re-look into the uh, contracts of the other people because you only have one contract, Yaga Cedric, and then the other five. We don't have them. And then it's where we're going to look. And then I also agree to what we are recommending that we do as a, as a, as a commission so that we don't find ourselves leaving uh, other people. And even the middle management that has not got the 17%, we might find that other people are receiving the 17%, but because they've not been... Uh, singled out, they still are there and they are quiet. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Mazibu. Thank you very much. And uh, um, we appreciate uh, Commissioner Mazibuko and Commissioner Boda because they have the history and they perhaps would remember very well what transpired between 2014 to date. Thank you very much for that comment, Commissioner Mazibuko. I'm sure it's noted by Mr. Libya and uh, noted by the Commission as well. Can we then um, allow Commissioner Day? Please let me know if there are other hands that are invisible that are missing. Commissioner Day, over to you. Um, thank you, Chair. Um, I wanted to maybe, um, Mr. Libia, this is this is a mix of questions and and observation because I think what is important now is the way forward. Um, in my mind, how do we resolve this in a manner that um, eliminates an error? I think we all agree there's an error. Um, the contracts in themselves 
are evidence of this error. They include a cost to company provision, but they also include the 17, 17% um, allowance. Uh, am I correct in that observation? Um, and as you said, that these two clauses cannot, are contradictory, right? And I think that the contracts themselves are evidence of this contradiction or of this error. And so perhaps in my mind, this is not an issue of saying they, we must, the resolutions, we have to take resolutions that rescind, um, I think it was 2008 resolution. We rescind that. But also then is to enter into negotiations where we put our employees on notice to say, look, we are, we have become aware of this administrative and I think we have to remove the wording. We have to renegotiate the terms we entered this conversation with in my mind. That we have become aware of a contractual error in your contracts and we stipulate what those errors are. We say that we set out what the contracts have resulted, um, X number of monies. And in my mind, I think it is important that we do not come as, a, as an antagonistic process. What must happen that it must be reconciliatory. This is what I mean. In that, of course, employees are going to be defensive about the implications of decisions that are taken today. Does it mean that now you're taking one point something, two, four million from my provident fund? Does this mean that I have to pay back monies that I have already used? These are financial, also financial decisions with financial implications on our employees. So we have to come in with a reconciliatory perspective to say, we're not going to recoup the monies as an offer of good faith to say that there has been this error you perhaps have relied on this error, but now we must rectify this error. This does not include Mr. Siaba. I think everyone agrees with Mr. Siaba's issue is very separate and very clear. I think that everybody understands Mr. Siaba is uh, very clear, and I don't think that commissioners have an issue with taking actions particularly against Mr. Siaba. I think he unduly benefited. He knows that he unduly benefited by his actions as well. So I don't think that's disputable. I think that with the existing, because also we, there is an existing employment relationship that we must, we must guard in protecting as well. These are human resource assets that we have in these employees. So I do think that perhaps is there a possibility that even how we enter this conversation, I know our Commissioner Mukhale is adamant that there's a, this era, you know, we, we have no obligation. But I think that there is an ethical obligation to enter this conversation in good faith.
and to enter this conversation with something in hand to say, I'm taking this away, but I'm offering not going forward. And even setting us up um, in going before the court to say, look, even our negotiations, we re um, we readdressed or redefined the terms of this negotiation. We understood it to be a contractual error. We are we have made and ratified our own procedural errors to say that we were uh, erroneous in not consulting, in not in, in entering into dialogue, in order to put you at ease about what the ramifications were. However, we put it. The reason why I think this is much better, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Lieber, is because it is about cost-saving measures. I think currently we are in a maze of litigation. Um, and this, I often say, avoid litigation where it's unnecessary, when you can come to the table and, re- and where you can negotiate properly. And I think that that's what perhaps your report speaks to, is that perhaps we need to assess not only what we can get back, but also what we are losing in continuously engaging in different forums and in different platforms, is to say, let's pause the litigation. Let's ensure that we send out, however the process is, we take a resolution now, that rescinds the 2008 decision, that then re-articulates the dialogue and say that the CEO must send out letters that speak to the contractual errors in employment contracts, inviting uh, employees to negotiations on how we can rectify a contractual error And then we can move that forward. And we know as the CGE that what we do want to do is to settle the matter, recoup our costs, and not continuously be engaging in the sort of, you know, antagonistic uh, litigation with our employees. And those are the, 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 the key elements that I think that I draw from your from your well-structured report. I am, I'm, I'm, I'm relieved. I've dealt with some really bad reports before and they, they frustrated me. Um, so I do think that uh, perhaps that is the important elements um, that I want to affirm. I know some of these issues are outside. Some, some of what I've said seems to be outside of what you have proposed. Feel free to say, look, I don't think that's a viable, but I do think we need to reformulate the language. I think even the language of administrative error puts us in a back foot because this is a contractual error. And we can be very clear to say this is a contractual error. You're not entitled to these dual benefits. Here is how we are proposing to rectify a contractual error. And that allows us to not only negotiate from a position of clarity, because now we're saying it's an administrative error, we took this decision, it's a contractual error. Mohale says it's a contractual error. Mohale says we are obligated to rectify a contractual error. Let's step into that that authority to say this is a contractual error. 
Here are our negotiation tools. We won't recoup the contributions we've made, but we must rectify this contractual error. If we fail to come to a proper negotiation of this contractual error, then these are the costs to company that we cannot sustain. And here is how we move forward. But now we are stuck in these muddy waters of administrative error. We took this resolution. These decisions were bad. Processes were not engaged with properly. We could meander and muddy the, water muddy the waters further, or we could have clarity of terms. It's a contractual uh, 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 error that puts us in a much more authoritative space legally in my mind, and it allows us then to engage in a manner that is reconciliatory and not sort of going to court and trying to reformulate our own, even our own decisions. Look, the decisions we took as plenary were contradictory. The processes that were not followed were not followed. We cannot rectify to post the, the matter, but we can re-strategize and, 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 and begin this process with some level of authority and importantly, colleagues, with a level of clarity so that we can finally find some resolution on this matter. Thank you very much, Mr. Lieba. I'm so, I am deeply grateful for your report. It is making me smile. And, you know, um, it, it's quite refreshing to have, you know, competent legal, um, 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 you know, experts before us. You know, we've suffered quite a bit in relation to that. Um, I, I'm, I'm deeply appreciative of your of your level of conciseness and your level of clarity, it, it it's a breath of fresh air. I cannot sing your praises enough. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks, Commissioner uh, Day. Uh, I think it's 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 premature to say all of those things, but yes, um, I I fully agree with you. Um, thank you very much. Uh, if there is no other hand. Can uh, Mr. Elibia respond to Commissioner? No, Chairperson. No, Chairperson. Is there another hand? My, my hand is up, Chairperson. Uh, uh, okay. Sorry, Chairperson. Uh, my hand has sorry. been up, Chairperson. Um, okay, okay. You, you, you are recognized, Commissioner Bota and Commissioner Sepanya Mukhale. If I heard the voice, I think it was Commissioner Sepanya Mukhale's voice. Yes, can sir. I can I can I allow Mr. Libya to respond to um, Commissioner Mazibuko and Commissioner uh, uh, Day, and then I will take those last two hands, colleagues. Thank you. Over to you, Mr. Libya. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. The the one other thing that I'm cognizant of is that uh, this is not going to be exhaustive of any other views you may have. I am sure that during your deliberations, there could be other views that you have on the matter. And if we don't exhaustively deal with this matter here, we will still be available to deal with it even after the meeting. That is uh, the one thing I raise in hand, uh, my hand for, to say to the extent that we are not able to deal exhaustively with this, some of the things you may want to de deliberate on them in our absence. And you may have to take certain decisions based on those deliberations in our absence. We will still be available 
to deal with whatever comes out of those deliberations. And 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 we Commissioner Mazibuko mentioned to relook into the issue of contracts with regard to the other middle manage, managers. And Commissioner Day took it even a step further. And thank you very much, Commissioner Day, for your remarks on what we presented before you. She took a step further, but again, uh, referring back and deferring to the words of Commissioner Mohale in, in, in saying that uh, uh, perhaps the wedding, administrative error was not a proper or correct wedding. The issue we have here is that it's a contractual error. And the propositions she mentions there, I cannot fault them to say, perhaps let's let's look at the situation with the mindset to try and meet half, these employees halfway to to try and regulate the position of power that we have and then all, and stamp, stamp it to say, even if we have got power to recoup, as a gesture from us to say it was not your error, it was our error that resulted in the whole of these things, we have considered not to recoup. And perhaps if and when you sit in these meetings, as she suggested, you may have to relook and look at the problems created by the previous resolutions to say, can we reconcile all this situation into one resolution, take a firm resolution rescinding, even if it's certain paragraphs of previous resolutions, and take a resolution that then shapes a way forward from here and indicate now this is a step further in our letters to these employees what are these errors and why do we say these are errors my understanding is that when you say cost to company the salary then becomes a slightly more than what the position will pay because you are catering for the employees having to 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 arrange their financial situation going forward but again to further and say over and above we will pay a certain amount that then becomes an undue enrichment perhaps our letters to these individuals inviting them into our meetings is to detail the the errors that we have picked up. Commissioner Mohale, Commissioner Mazibuko, and Commissioner Day, they seem to understand that the error, it was in the language used in our contract. And perhaps these employees, they cannot fault us if then we detail what we want to consult them on and the errors that we have picked up that we seek to to correct again 
once the error has been picked up, the error must be corrected. And and over and above Commissioner Day, I found you to be saying that let's look for a way in which it's not going to create unrest between the employer and and the labor unrest between the employer and the employees. There is continue, continuity of employment relationship. These people are still within our employee. So let's engage them with the view that they are still part and parcel of our human, human capital. So that's in a nutshell what I've picked up to say. Otherwise, I think she was just echoing the good way of dealing with this matter going forward, which I cannot fault. Chairperson, and I'm not sure if perhaps this anything that was raised by Commissioner Mazibuko or Commissioner Day that perhaps we did not touch on. Thank you, Mr. Libia. Thank you very much. Um, the, the the response, I think, um, as Commissioner Day uh, was saying, that um, I think you you've really been uh, quite uh, thorough in in terms of your response to uh, all our questions and comments uh, up to so far. But if commissioners are not satisfied, we can still uh, give them that opportunity. I see three hands that um, that have come up. Uh, it's Commissioner uh, Borda, um, Commissioner Sipanya Mukhale. You know, from where I am sitting, I can't actually see the hands. And then there's com and then there's a CFO's uh, hand who will come. Oh yeah, and then there's DC as well. I'm sorry, my computer is acting up this morning. Uh, so in 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 this fashion, so that that the, the, the uh, commissioner Porter will come in, Commissioner Sipanya Mukhale, uh, CFO and DC um, colleagues um, in that in that in that fashion, and if we can uh, just be um, a, at least use one minute each to ask those uh, uh, questions, colleagues. Otherwise, um, it's it's already 12 o'clock, um, and the day is almost gone. Over to you, Commissioner Porter. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Once again, I, I wish to echo um, Commissioner Day's uh, congratulation, but maybe take it a step further and say, and uh, Adelibia, for me, it's an affirmation of black excellence. Thank you so much. I, I sit here, I am proud of the work that you have done, and not because you're in agreement with my sentiments. So having have said that, I just want again to say thank you. But I want to take a slight different view. And, and we're dealing with public funds, number one. Uh, at the sentimental level, one would say that, look, let's let's negotiate. I, I don't I don't agree. I think that uh, there is a we should recoup the money. Uh, I think that Commissioner Day, uh, respectfully, is that in this country there's an element of impunity, and the last week's events they prove and and the others as well, that there are no consequences. As a result, every Dick, Tom, Harry, or Salamina does as they wish. So, I, I, I completely disagree that, in fact, all I would want to go for is find a way as to how do we recoup without being punitive, because we also are sending a particular message to uh, other, other employees who have felt that uh, this they have been treated unfairly themselves. 
So I'm just saying that um, the balance is important, but there must be consequences. There must be, uh, we must deal away decisively with this element of impunity in our country at all sectors. So whilst uh, one wants to be sentimental because you're, you're working within a human rights a, a human rights framework, but also, truthfully, the Telebia and, and, and Commissioner Day, we also have to be mindful that things are going horribly wrong because institutions do not want to uh, ensure that this level of impunity, we deal with, with it decisively. So I, I just wanted to, to, to say that uh, we should never... In the Telebia, we should never, and colleagues, we should never forget that we are dealing with public money. We are dealing with it, and therefore the public deserves uh, something else other than once we are at a sentimental, you know, but they, 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 they deserve decisive action. Uh, so so I, I'm just appealing that whatever we, we would do, obviously in the Telebia, um, this would be uh, deliberated on. But chairperson of the commission, we must ensure that um, we, we, whatever we do this morning or this afternoon, it's not at the expense of the CGE, and in particular, the, the, uh, the public out there who have experienced continuously these nauseating level of impunity. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Commissioner Boda. Thank you very much. Um, yes. Um, I think you're quite right, um, and um, and and I think all of us um, um, need to be cognizant of the fact that uh, what we are dealing with currently it's uh, public um, payers' money, it's public purse, and um, as the commission, we should actually be, um, you know, um, leading uh, in, in 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 terms of. Um, you know, um, you, you know, whatever we do, we practice, or we should lead by example. Thank you very much, Commissioner Bodak. Uh, can I go to Commissioner Sepanya Mokale? Your minute, uh, Commissioner Sepanya Mokale. Thanks, Chair. Chair, please. I just want to clarify. I was not adamant that it is an error. I was just pointing out that it is an error, and I did not say anything about it being punitive. So please, Commissioner, they do not attribute that angle to me. I'm, I'm appealing to you nicely. I never said anything about impunity. I just stuck to the law. Please, I'm appealing to you. Please. Um, then... Uh, so, so, sorry, sorry. I think for, pro, for, for progress' sake, uh, can I um, request Commissioner Dei, um, if those words were uttered, to retract, please? As Commissioner Mukhali says that she never said impunity and she was not adamant. Can you uh, retract, Commissioner Day? Um, if, if, if I did, I, I, I probably I did not notice that I was attributing it to Commissioner Mukhali. That was not my, definitely not my intention. But okay. uh, to the extent that I did, um, I, I, I retract uh, the statements. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Day. Thank you very much. Commissioner Mokhale, can we continue? Thank you yeah. very much. Thanks, Chair. Uh, Chair, I, 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 for the sake of progress, uh, other uh, views that I was going to mention have already been sponsored. There is 
uh, rescission of the resolutions and etc. But I also just want to point out the issue of sustainability. It, it is a, a, a clear, grave issue that we are faced with year, year in, year out. The, the Commissioner Porta has eloquently presented the issue of the uh, 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 disquiet that over the years we have had in the CGE about many things, one of which is this one. And that disquiet was uh, uh, as a result of the lack of, 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 of a pattern or, or reasonability around why these people. There is one, uh, 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 for example, a provincial manager there. There are people who are not your, your senior managers, but your middle managers. I suppose that was targeted to, for them. But there are people who were senior managers who, who were in that. And the other one is the one that has been uh, so it mentioned several times, where somebody gets that and over 17%. And therefore, the, the issue of, of the arbitrariness of this apportionment of this benefit is, is what we, we also need to, to, to highlight. But that arbitrariness brought about disquiet in the organization. We are aware of it. And uh, it, it has actually, you know, it, it's compromising the quality of work of the CGE. Over the years, this has been an issue. Okay, resolution we've spoken about. And then we, we also need to go back and look at adverts because if the advert and what then ultimately enters, gets entered into in the contract are not in line. Obviously, the, 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 the contract captures far more, but it must capture the sentiment of who we looked for under what conditions. So I'm suggesting, I suppose, CEO, this would, would fall on you if you could try as much as possible to get those adverts. Um, it, it would help. I don't know if we will. Uh, then we go for the restructuring of the company route and, 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 and the issue. The other reason that we need to put is about the structuring of salaries. There is a way of structuring salaries. You have mentioned it, Commissioner. They also reiterated on it, and we shifted from this. So that's another reason. But lastly, I just want to point out, in the meeting of uh, 2019, there had been a report that the previous chairperson had asked from the CEO to say, tell us what happened here. There is a detailed report where the CEO, the previous CEO, actually said, yes, this was an error. It was a whole complete discussion. We need those minutes, but over and above the minutes, we need those resolutions. In fact, I think Commissioner Muliko would help us here because this was captured in a resolution. It was brought before the commission to say there is this 70 percent. We need to do something. So it was it was not a fleeting thing. It was a full-blown discussion with the report from the previous CEO. That report with recommendations of how we move forward. It one wonders how it then fell apart. Why was it not carried forward? So if we can go back, CEO and Commissioner Muleko, I'm asking you here, if we can go back to 2019. I think the minutes of 2019 or 2018 or somewhere there 
but I think it's 2018 come. Yeah, 2018. Yes, thanks. Yes. We, we have got serious, serious discussions that we had around this. It will give even, it will even amplify the, the issues here to say it was agreed, it was an error. Even the previous, what you call it, was given directions in terms of the way forward. Where we fell short, I think, was that way forward that was never carried through. Um, the issue of the, 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 the public protector, you have dealt with it. I think that, that was serious, serious window shopping to say, get this uh, uh, outcome for me. It, it should not have happened. And in fact, if, you know, I think we should cast an aspersion on that approach because this is a labor matter. So we, we add that. If you can look at those 2018 discussions, including the report that was submitted, a detailed report that was submitted by the CEO, that report even had breakdowns to say this one got it from this, this one got We were not supposed to get it. And as a result, this is how much it is. It was a very detailed report. It will take all this away. It, the issue for me is now how we actually did not implement. Uh, now, um, the last last point that I want to 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 then uh, uh, mention is timelines. What timelines are we looking at? Because why we are here today is because things fell apart and we did not observe the timelines. This is in one of the re uh, uh, resolutions register somewhere where it was discussed, we need to sort this out, we need to sort it. It's in more than one uh, uh, resolution register. So let's agree, I, I suppose this will be after the, the, the attorneys have left, we, we need to agree on the timelines. We have been here before, we agreed on certain things. There is a way forward clear, clear, clear way forward of what the CEO needs to do. That way forward was based on a clear, clear, good, detailed report of what the CEO came to report to us after commissioners asked to say, tell us more about this. We need those two or three or even four reports. We also need uh, the resolution register to look at Tina. But above all, we need to look at what happened. How did the ball, what you call it? Yes, we have changed stuff. Maybe it fell by the wayside then, but let's look at what then happened because we cannot repeat that again. Thank you very much. Thank you, uh, Commissioner Sepanya Mohale. We would uh, look at the minutes, the resolutions, the document that CEO presented um, in one of the plenaries. I think it was May 2018, but we will, we will definitely look at those and uh, perhaps avail to CEO. Thank you. Um, let me just uh, check uh, who else was following Commissioner Sepanya Mokhale. Was it uh, CFO, CFO and then myself? And then yeah. Moliko, yes. Over to you, CFO. Thank you very much, Chair. The, there's an echo basically yes. because... Okay. Okay. Thank you, Chair. This development uh, occurs at a time when we are finalizing the audit of the annual financial statements and the, the, the statements are due for issue by the 31st of July 2020, 2021 sorry and my take from these discussions is that uh, there will be outcomes with uh, financial implications mm 
and those financial implications are possibly would go to, I mean, looking into the prospects. I think uh, the presentation from uh, Libya Inc. Uh, indicated basically prospects of uh, taking the other direction vis-a-vis the, uh, the current one, the strategy that uh, we had originally. And taking from that, one can really see that uh, the prospects of the case because uh, we are basically under litigation. Uh, the affected staff are asserting their rights, they're putting forward claims, and those claims in themselves uh, uh, amounts to have got financial implications. And in the retrospect, given the fact that uh, we, we have made deductions, so there may be implications retrospectively uh, talking to the history, having a direct bearing on uh, the figures that uh, we are reporting on in the financial statements that we are due to uh, issue out. But as well, uh, seeing that uh, we are in a litigious space with the other parties being the, the affected em- employees, there may be also uh, future exposures, financial exposures, that uh, we would need to understand them and measure them. Uh, I'm raising my hand uh, basically because uh, this this discussion is relevant to be even shared with the auditors mm-hmm. as uh, events that occurs after we have uh, uh, closed the year. And we would need to make a determination, so to speak. There will there will have to be adjusting entries made to the financial statements. If uh, the prospects are such that uh, uh, the prospects for CGE on the on the strategy that uh, we we were keeping pursuing all along, if the prospects are bleak, then it would mean that uh, all the monies that they've been withheld. Uh, we would need to bring them into the financial statements. But as well, uh, much has happened. We, 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 we are litigating, there are cases, uh, there are negotiations still to, still to be engaged in. Uh, so, so there are possibilities, there are permutations of poss- possibilities. And those uh, possibilities need to be thought through documented, reduced into a professional judgment. Firstly, reduced into management uh, judgment, but uh, corroborated by a professional judgment. So that uh, if it means, as an example, that uh, in future there could be claims, be it uh, delictual claims from the affected uh, staff members who are now litigating or claims for any damage, those needs to be, you know, uh, <clears throat> evaluated and then uh, and and priced. I mean, if there if if there will be future financial implications, we are of necessity duty bound to disclose them uh, in the financial statements uh, because. Financial exposures are disclosable.
it's mandatory that uh, we disclose them. So we've got to make that particular determination. So implications of the next steps is for management or the CGE uh, to possibly from finance side, we'd have to try and com- uh, calculate what uh, basically the financial exposures are, what uh, necessary adjustments need to be made, and as well look into the prospects or even implications from the case going forward. And if what is possible from where we are going forward will have financial implications, then we'll have to we will have to do it internally, do the calculations and make a, a disclosure on the face of the financial statement or, or in the notes to the financial statements for a contingent liability. So so that is what we would need to do before the 31st of July. But in parallel, I think uh, the auditors as part of uh, audit work there will be a need to corroborate uh, what management has done or to to certify it back to back with uh, a professional opinion. And that could be, but it will be a prerogative of the auditors, but that could be a corroboration of uh, future exposures, corroboration by our our current lawyers, just to certify that uh, whatever we are uh, calculating, thumb psyching, at least I've got uh, a backing from uh, an independent professional uh, point of view. So those are basically uh, the next steps that uh, you know connects to the process that we are currently busy doing. So, so what I will also do, because it's also part of the audit process, is to before the issue of financial statements. There will be an audit procedure by the auditors to ask questions around uh, where there events after reporting date. Our reporting date is the end of March. So if there are developments outside of that period uh, before the issue or the okay, the issue of financial statements, they will ask pertinent questions to say, did anything happen? that uh, we didn't we didn't see during the audit or we didn't hear about and then we will be responding and on my response definitely this is a relevant uh, development it will be disclosed uh, to them and then subsequent subsequent questions would be what is the exposure what is the financial implications which we will proactively begin to do so that's my submission, Chair, just to indicate that uh, these de- this developments uh, will, will, will basically uh, uh, need to be taken care of uh, in a week in response to uh, what we need to be doing as, uh, on, on the financial statements. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you, Sir. Chair, you've just gone on mute. I don't know what's happened to you. you your sound has just gone. Oh, thank you, DC. I think I I, I lowered my um, 
Um, I think there was an echo because we are sitting in the same place with the CFO, so I forgot to uh, put it right back to 100. Um, so I, yes, I was saying that um, that's quite critical information coming from CFO um, to actually look at, um, you know, the uh, financial implications uh, of the whole entire uh, exercise as we move forward. Um, we don't have um, quite a lot of time, CFO. We have very few days to end of July. So in whatever a decision that we we take or make, we need to make sure that um, you know those decisions and scenarios are done within a period of about a week. But we will actually propose a way forward very quickly. The uh, DC um, before we before the the way forward, uh, DC, please come in. Yeah. Thanks. I'll start on the last point um, that the CFOs raised on the contingent liability. Um, just to confirm that uh, the approach, it should have been, I'm not sure why it's not in the current annual financial statements, but I think given what we have discussed now, CFO, if you would consider this, the likelihood of this happening, I don't know if it's greater than 50%, and I know the threshold is if, if you put contingent liabilities in your Fs, there have to be uh, certainty that it would likely happen if you lose, let's say, the law case or the lawsuit or whatsoever. Would it not be better for us and make it simpler for us to just simply disclose this as a footnote? But that requires you to value the amount. We haven't seen any calculations in the report so far to say on the affected staff members that still in the employee of CGE, should they win this case, this is the amount that would be uh, liable by CGE. But further to that, uh, Mr. Libya raised a critical issue. I think uh, Commissioner Mukhali raised it about sustainability. This issue that uh, affordability, uh, in the event that whatever you value is disclosed as a footnote in the financial statements, I don't think it should be a contingent liability, so to speak. I think maybe we should include it as a footnote because of the likelihood of it occurring, um, being lesser than, uh, I'd say, certain. But I think... Uh, even if at least it's 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 accounted for. In the event that uh, you value it, and should we lose, we still have that uh, issue of affordability. And I think this is where your report also comes in and becomes very critical because uh, the two options were put to us to say, if we haven't dealt with if the negotiations fail, I always look at worst case scenario. Let's say the negotiations fail, everything we attempt to do in a reconciliatory fashion, they don't uh, uh, work. I don't want to be negative, but I always look at all options. But we still have the option that says, as the employer, if you are in an untenable economic position, you can restructure salaries if you cannot afford. So you, you do have that option, but I think that the economic valuation of the current employees that are affected by this, how we would restructure. But if we were to lose, we still have to put that as a footnote in the annual financial statement. So I think that's the work that would assist us going forward because we don't have those numbers. But I think let's let's open ourselves to say, put this in the Fs. If the C CFO agrees that it can be a footnote instead of a contingent liability, I think that will assist us greatly uh, in terms of timing and dealing with this. But also saying, okay, uh, the the value is let's say 5.8 million. I'm just uh, uh, estimating here. Uh, if we are to repay all the employees, what is backdated and so forth. If we lose, including um, some of the expenses that would be uh, associated back pay or, or interest or whatever that is affected in inflation, what is the amount? And then we look at also in that discussion when we do go forward operation, we look at uh, what is affordable. 
given the uh, given the financial implication to the current budget. And I think that's a discussion that we mustn't leave out, um, C- CFO. But let, let me go back to where where I wanted to uh, to actually start. Uh, this, this one I've just added as a as a as an issue to just to, just to say to the CFO, can you look at this being a footnote, um, likely because of the likelihood of of occurrence, um, not being certain. I think the first on the way forward, the 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 Libya firm, if they can assist us, where we've gone wrong as the CGE here is, can we correctly craft the resolution? I know that we have a two day plenary. If the firm can assist us, because we're dealing now with almost documents that cannot be traced. We're dealing with a 2008 resolution. We don't have it. We're dealing with a 2013 resolution that we have to rescind. We don't have it. Can you correctly craft for us a kind of a resolution that we can adopt uh, probably tomorrow or later today that speaks to uh, some of these gaps? Because we will now have to rescind a decision that we don't even have the, 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 the original decision. But I think from a legal perspective, to cover ourselves, we can say in the absence of the, the document, here's what our resolution should cover. And then you just outline for us, directing what we must include, what we must withdraw or rescind, and then what we want to do going forward based on the discussion that you have heard today. It will help us greatly because I think for us to, 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 to try and construct that from a legal perspective to cover all of the bases, uh, you will help us very much there. Uh, because instead of saying we must rescind the 2008, what exactly are we rescinding without that very resolution? We know that somewhere maybe there was a, a resolution that say include the benefit. Then there was a resolution rescinding it in 2013. Can you craft for us something that covers and, and, and makes a consistent application going forward that the plenary can then con- consider and look at also the last resolution of 2019 with the gap? So something that covers all the gaps, so to speak, particularly in light of the fact that we don't have these documents from that time. Uh, and even if they are to appear, we are still covered. Um, that's one. So if, if we can find your assistance within the next 48 hours in this, because we have two-day plenary and we can take a resolution on this even tomorrow, uh, and, and just to allow you the time maybe to construct it appropriately. I think the second issue is what I call the drafting of letters, the process. We have seen also the gaps that CGE has now faced because procedurally, many of the things, we don't have evidence of some of the procedural uh, aspects that we have to document. Procedurally, you assist us with making sure that the letters and the content of these letters that go to the employees uh, that are affected, uh, that are resolved to, 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 to be communicated with, are correctly constructed. I know that not right now, from an uh, uh, operational perspective, we don't have an HR manager. Uh, was sitting with an acting currently, and I know that uh, even the content, even if the HR manager or the support that would write it, we have to make sure that it covers all the legal issues correctly. Uh, and I think that your expertise here is going to assist us greatly, that we get some kind of a draft framework or template to send to the employees that are in the current employee of, of CGE. And, and again, I, I, I hope those that are remaining are those that are affected and then a separate one is sent to the to the Mr. Siabi case because of the uh, difference in, in, in approach there. Uh, if you can assist us with that. On the side of the administrative, the third point, we have then said that we will detail uh, the process. I think Commissioner Mokhali hit me here uh, on, on, on the head with the timelines. I, I wanted to say we need a clear uh, uh, timeline of 
when the negotiations will occur, with whom will they occur? And I think that we can discuss this in the absence of uh, Mr. Libya and, 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 and Ms. Nguna. But I think that it's clear that we as CGE need to decide from an operational perspective or administrative leg um, to reduce this wastage of time, of, of, of money, resources, and so forth. And I concur that uh, Commissioner Day said, let's have a reconciliatory approach. That is uh, spot on. I think that we must also not preempt that the outcome may be favorable. So we must, in our process plan, say that in the event that things don't work the way we want, we must also include that as an alternative. But as a first point, we are saying, let's try to say, negotiate and clarify and ascertain exactly when we negotiate with the people we'll negotiate with, that the basis of our negotiation is to say we won't recoup, but if we were to recoup, this is the amount, and that's where the letters become very critical, or the engagement. So the way in which we engage the staff or the employees is very critical, and who will comprise that team? Uh, and I think we must decide on this as we go forward, because uh, I'm not sure if we want to put all of this only on the C CEO. Uh, should we not ask the team that is helping her now to assist her, uh, particularly because of the organogram gaps that we have, and she's uh, highly constrained in terms of uh, resources. And I think we, it's something that uh, maybe C C CEO should uh, come in on in terms of implementing going forward. I think the second thing is ascertain the, 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 in the documents, we're talking about administrative error. In this resolution, we've got to be clear here whether we say contractual error, whether we say, uh, uh, I don't know, whatever term we want to use, but it must be defined in the resolution. So in this resolution that we're crafting, let's define what is meant by this error. If we're saying that, okay, it's uh, the drafting of the contracts or it's the adverts or it's the capturing of the benefits by the payroll, you know, whatever we're saying, can we be clear? Because we are still, uh, even now, when we go negotiate, we have to have decided exactly what we are saying is the error. And if, if we're saying that those three legs form part of the error, then that is what we must agree. And then we take that forward in the negotiation. But further to that, the process plan, uh, Commissioner Mokhali came in here with this issue of adverts. We don't know what was advertised because this will help us when you negotiate. When those six employee jobs or, or, or eight employees, let me just use the total, when their jobs were advertised, at what level were they advertised? Vis-a-vis -vis what they were paid by payroll later. And if there is a difference, this is where, again, it helps in the negotiation to say the administrative error or the contractual error is when you were paid out at payroll, including the contract and the articulation, because the very advert that you saw says you are getting paid X amount, but when you are getting paid, you are getting paid X multiplied by this 17% or additionally to this 1.17, which is that factor that was added. So I think let's put timelines, colleagues, to this, and I think it will help if the CEO comes in and just gives us a guideline of what is feasible and, and what can be done, because this is critical, because these things are in court. You know, you want to start this process quite quickly to say, let's reconcile. If you need further support from the current support that you have from the attorneys, let's utilize it if we can within the context of this legal process does the term of reference allow for you to make use of them? Because it will assist us going forward within this process of, of, of trying to mitigate costs and prevent wastage and so forth. And I think the last is that 
um, the resolution register and the documents that Commissioner Mokhal is referring to, let's look for them. I will look for them. Uh, I, I don't know if I have them. But this thing of document management becomes so critical because uh, that report that the CEO gave, I think uh, let's task ourselves to look for it. Uh, those commissioners that were left may have those emails and we all just go back and see if those reports were sent or circulated and then we provide them as, as part of the pack. I think, Chair, that those are my those are my um those are my final. The final comment is on the restructuring of the CGE organogram. We've got to make sure that the CGE policies on the employment policy that talk to uh, employment with cost to company are very clear. And this anomaly doesn't happen again going forward. And I think that speaks to the policy, but also the implementation of those policies and the contract on the contracts of staff. We make sure that going forward that the contracts are standardized on this issue and that this anomaly uh, doesn't happen again so that we rectify it going forward, but that we make sure that this is uh, uh, rectified from even the policy level if there's anything that was unclear, so to speak. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you, DC. Thank you very much. Can I allow the CEO to come in quickly so that we can summarize? Uh, on the way forward. I know that there is definitely some actions that need to uh, to happen uh, immediately as we are in this plenary. CEO, uh, please come in um, before we summarize the way forward. Uh, thanks, Chair. I do uh, appreciate and agree that um, our legal representative should assist with the crafting of the consolidated or rescinding and, and, and having a new uh, resolution because that, yes, does require that legal know-how, especially as they have the history of the case as well as the letters to the employee. Um, as um, Because the, the, the one to the seven and the one to Mr. Libya obviously will have different conditions, so that will assist. I also wanted to... Um, point out that as we work on the way forward, um, I suppose it would help to bear in mind the status quo of the case at this stage, because we do know that we, uh, we have uh, um, that court declaration in the Labour Court waiting. We also know that the CCMA has uh, decided to continue with the case of the three. So just being able to balance as we make decisions going forward so that we don't find ourselves um, contradicting uh, the status quo or if where we can fix things, of course, but where we can't, we just have to bear that in mind. I also wanted to um, indicate that in terms of adverts, I, I, I know we have... As far as I know, we have looked everywhere. We even searched the internet trying to find these old adverts. And what we have provided so far is what we could get. Uh, but that doesn't mean we won't look again. We will continue to look. Also, uh, the reports that are being mentioned uh, that I'm, I wasn't aware of, uh, we will we'll see, uh, we will look. Uh, hopefully, we will find something because, unfortunately, like the public protector thing, we all were seeing it for the first time, the last time we had an engagement with our legal representatives. So you have those kind of documents that are hidden and they come up from places you didn't expect them to come from. So that says to me these documents exist, but uh, I suppose there are people who know where to find it and 
some of us don't, but we will continue to look uh, for whatever information that uh, can help moving forward. Thanks, Chair. Um, thank you, CFO. Um, I think a summary in all of this before we release um, uh, Mr. Libya and Ms. Nguna. The I think for us to be able to arrive at a decision, we need to uh, do the following, and and we will provide time frames. Colleagues, if they are unreal unrealistic, uh, please indicate. Um, the first thing is to actually collect a data information. I think we have agreed that we will look for minutes, we will look for resolutions, we will look for the CEO's presentation to plenary in 2018 and provide that information and perhaps circulate it uh, to everyone and to CEO in particular. And if this can be done by this afternoon, and I'm requesting those commissioners that were <coughs> there in 2018 um, and 2019, uh, to actually look at their emails and documents that were uh, circulated. And perhaps Commissioner Mazibuga and Commissioner Potter as well, not only Commissioner Matebula Mukhale, uh, Commissioner uh, Muliko. I know that Commissioner Rakolote is not here. Perhaps we can also just drop in a note uh, to him to say we are looking for these documents. So let's search our um, uh, 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 emails and, and let's share those documents um, perhaps by this afternoon, colleagues, so that we have those documents that we need um, to actually look at uh, for us to be able to arrive at, at, at a decision and a way forward. Secondly, uh, we have agreed that uh, we would request CFO seated across me here to actually calculate and look at a, a, in, maybe including you know, the um, contingent liability and disclosing this um, as a footnote in the financial statement. And this work is the work that can be done uh, within um, five days, five working days CFO. I know that uh, we're coming to the end of July next week, and this information should actually form part of the, um, of, of the financial statement as a footnote, uh, be disclosed there as a footnote. Uh, and I've looked at um, CFO and I think he agreed that it's doable. It can actually be done. So thirdly, we have agreed that our legal representative should craft a resolution uh, for plenary to consider and, and uh, perhaps that re resolution should take into cognizance quite a number of issues and history and background uh, that uh, we have looked at and, and other documents that we will be sharing uh, with the person. And if this work can be done, within the next 12 to 24 hours, um, so that uh, if possible, we can be able to take it, a plenary decision uh, by tomorrow, an informed one, informed by um, a crafted resolution uh, for consideration. So if this information uh, or if this crafting of a resolution can actually happen within 12 uh, hours, uh, we would appreciate that. Um, um, uh, very, very much. So I would plead and request that tomorrow morning, if we can have a draft at least uh, of this resolution so that uh, um, information and inputs can actually go into it and the resolution can be taken before uh, we part ways tomorrow afternoon uh, in our plenary, if possible. Last but not least, I think uh, staff engagement is quite critical. Um, you know, negotiating with uh, employees uh, uh, where actually CEO will actually, um, you know, um, inform us in terms of 
uh, assistance uh, if required, but I think we are agreeing that uh, staff will need to be engaged on contractual errors uh, that have taken place uh, in a in a in, in a, re a reconciliatory manner um, as well. So this this should be done, and perhaps it should actually follow due process um, of um, making a a resolution of this board and and then um, the, 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 the negotiations with the employees will then follow uh, after plenary perhaps when we have a resolution that we have taken and a way forward uh, that is much more clearer informed by the processes that we have agreed upon. Colleagues, I know that I've given ourselves periods of 12 uh, hours, uh, periods of uh, five days doing this work, um, and I hope this is in order. Um, and if it's not, we can still continue to actually just uh, readjust and relook at what we can do. Uh, on the last point that uh, DC have talked about in terms of looking at the organogram, I think we still have an opportunity in terms of moving forward here with how we will actually be incorporating uh, and looking at restructuring and structuring uh, of uh, you know uh, uh, employees and 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 looking at our organogram because. We are having an opportunity in terms of uh, looking at our business remodeling at the current moment. So some of the issues that we will continue to be discussing uh, in a so far as staff is concerned uh, will actually also find expression in the uh, business modeling uh, or business remodeling um, uh, conversations that we are consistently and currently having uh, within CGE. Thank you very much. I think that takes us to the end of our discussion. I just want to, uh, at this point in time, uh, take this opportunity to sincerely thank Umis uh, Fani Sanguna and Mr. Tabolibia for um, preparing um, this um, presentation for us, and and actually, um, you know, uh, coming to this uh, invitation at such short notice honoring this invitation today. Thank you very much. And I think the discussions were quite clear. The presentation was very, very uh, clear. And I think uh, the question, the answer uh, session was, was also very uh, empowering as well. Thank you very much. And um, I just want to say that uh, continue the good work um, and continue representing CGE and feel free uh, to engage the CEO and the commission should there be any other issues moving forward. But I just want to take this opportunity to say thank you very much and to say that um, you are now relieved uh, to actually go and do your other businesses today. Thank you very much for the time given. The whole morning was given to us and we appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, we can, uh, colleagues, um, perhaps uh, take a, a, a break, a health break at this point, uh, if we can all take a 10 minute a stretch break and those who want to grab a uh, coffee tea biscuits please feel free to do that my time now says it's um chair is, is it just me or your your, your network is i don't is know you, you keep slurring is it um it could be the network um uh, but um dc i've just released um the libias um, and thanked them and I'm proposing that we take a 10-minute health break and we come back at exactly one o'clock. Am I, am I audible? 
thank you so much, Chair, and the rest of the commissioners. We really appreciate uh, the opportunity that you've given to us to present to you. I will revert to you uh, with uh, your request. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Ms. Nguna. Thank you very much, uh, 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 Ms. Fanisa Nguna and Tate Tabo Libya. Thank you. Um, let's